And we are coming back. We are always coming back. And we are back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcasting. What is going on, my good friends? Chad, don't ever fucking do that. Don't, <laughs> do not deviate from schedule. <laughs> you have one line. And, and we are back. <laughs> so, guys, uh, hey, man, it, it's a good night, man. I miss hanging around with you guys. We didn't do it last Sunday. But, man, it's fun. I, I can't wait to talk. We got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight, and we got a great guest coming up, Pete Romano. It's going to be a good show, guys. Got some fun tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of crap happened the last two weeks. So, um, hey, tonight's show brought to us by Predator Flag Gear. Check them out, PredatorFlyGear.com. Did you just milk a crack rock before you came on tonight, Chad? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Drink like seven more beers. No, yeah, go ahead, Mark. <laughs> Nor- Normally, I get to do my own like little pregame pre-podcast show by myself and like i get to make funny noises into the microphone and like do a sound check and mark's sitting here and i'll start doing it and i I could feel him judging me (laughs) (laughs) f that guy (laughs) (laughs) tie some hooks tie them on arex it's freshwater saltwater find them at arexhooks.com sims fishing simsfishing.com queen city guiding queencityguiding.com Hey, tonight's show is being recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check Mark out at urbanflycompany.com. Sims Fishing. Yeti. Is that one? Yeti. That's what I was trying to... We don't correct our... We never correct our friends when they're wrong. built for the wild. (laughs) Why not fishing and they're at the dock? There you go. Fumbled that one. So, hey, can I start the night off with with one of the coolest things that has happened to us in a long time? Um... Mark received two packages. You got a mouse in your pocket? <laughs> yeah, man. We, you, me, Jay, Mark. Thanks, man. <laughs> Including. So we, uh, we got two packages in the mail from two of our listeners. And uh, fuck it, we'll throw some names out. Heck yeah. Brian Kelly and Zach Buchanan. They gave us so many nice flies to try to throw not into rocks. 
<laughs> yeah, they're too nice for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I that just ah, blah 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 blah. Definitely, you Jason. You are off the chain tonight. Dude. <laughs> now start drinking beer. Somebody else start talking, please. No, I'm not drinking beer. I'm drinking these Bold Rock Original Tea. That's a problem. Oh yeah, get, you, get this man a <laughs> beer. beer. Where's your high life at? Uh, it's out. Okay, somebody go get him a hams. He needs champagne <laughs> and stat. Somebody beer him fast. Yeah. <laughs> Just pour him down Just his throat. <laughs> shit over there ain't working. Get him a get him a real beer. But oh no, we stopped at Wegmans today, and I was like, "Ooh, Bold Rock. I've had their cider before. Let's try their tea." Because I lo- I love me some twisted tea. Is their cider good? Their cider is really good. This tea is good too, but it I can feel myself getting sugared up. And speaking of sh- headache tomorrow. Speaking of sugared up, I got a funny story for you guys later, uh, probably after the guest. <laughs> right back to these flies yeah. that we're taking a good look at. These are pretty, Man, pretty nice. A lot uh, a variety. of variety. Yeah, no, there's different. I mean, this this you could run a whole year with this. I mean, right? Yeah, we got Mr. Wiggles all the way down to Clouser minnows and deceivers, deceivers. for Brian. Oh, God, lots of, man, lots of good wiper candy here too. So, um, hey. During the show tonight, figured uh, we should be adding all these flies into the guest box and then maybe pick some of Ryan's flies out and put them in the guest box to get them off the table. That way uh, they'll actually get fished instead of just sitting around the table making clutter for us. What do you guys think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got probably enough flies here now to dang near fill the whole cliff box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it the bugger barn? or No, that's the, the bugger, the beast. The beast. That's the biggest one, yeah. That's the full box. Yeah. The bugger bar is going to be your little. That's the littler one. That mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the biggest one they make. Okay. It's like a 13-inch inside there. At least, Good size. at least over a foot. I don't know. That's Plenty the of le- room. That's Three at least boxes. four of my, my downstairs. <laughs> my daddy parts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Jay is not impressed again. Look at him. He's just looking over here at me. He's not impressed. <laughs> Man. You're on a roll tonight, man. I know, man. So, hey, um, since we're on the topic of flies and all these sweet flies that got sent to us, Mark did a pretty cool thing with a, a previous guest of ours, Dan Donovan. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about what you did for the musky fool? Yeah, that was a good time this week. Wednesday night, we uh, Dan, Jen, through musky fool, set up a kind of like a hour-plus seminar that... I guess there's like 100-some people that signed up for it. How many were actually on, I don't know, but we got tons of questions and a couple preloaded questions for us to go over, and then we kind of just rambled on from there. But it was nice to kind of just sit and break down kind of why and the reason I do what I do with these flies. Because, yeah, I mean, everything obviously originated from Brad and from Brad's patterns, and they've all went from there. But kind of the way we fish and what we do in our waters, they just kind of deviated from there and the way that they're tied and the way that they're fished and how we broke down like fly lines and you're only going to get out of a fly as good as you know what that fly line is going to do. So each fly is going to operate differently based on what line you're doing and how to get the derived action from that fly based off the line and the time period kind of in between strips to let that line sit and we really got into breaking a lot of things down. How I tie the flies and we see how we fish the flies and why we tie them and what we do them for because here we got we got a lot of different water. Yeah. And I mean everything I do is gonna be one reason for it. It's gotta fill a void. There's no reason just to do it to do it because you know if you're gonna do it, do whatever you're doing better. There's no reason to keep going from there unless it's gonna fill a void. So a lot of these flies and reasons are to fill spots. Stuff that we have areas where fish are we can't get a fly there in the right way. You keep tweaking it. They can get it there. 
It was nice to sit and spend time talking about that and got a heck of a response back afterwards. I mean, so how, how does that work? <clears throat> Obviously, you and Dan are sitting there talking virtually mm-hmm. on on phones on, on or Zoom on Zoom. Yep, and other people are in on the Zoom. Is everyone muted? So what they're and I don't know how they operate that way, but it's only Dan and I on the video. No one else is in, but everybody's in watching it. Okay. So his wife, Jen, was running all of the questions and the video and everything. Well, Dan and I kind of just talked, and then they would filter the question. You'd see some questions come across the bottom and stuff and kind of stop. Like, eh, 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 and answer that real quick if I kind of, like, pegged it. But, yeah, we had props with us, too, like flies. And so you can kind of show what we were talking about. And did you bring the fast hatches like, uh, like we had talked about no, before? No, I did. We did talk on fast hatches, though. But we definitely did hit on that, and you know, I mean, fast hatch number threes—that's our favorite. That does not mess with any action on the flies; it gets everything out of them. And I've never seen one bender open or anything that we've had an issue with. You've even stuck them in logs and pulled it out and bent the fast hatch, and they still come back mm-hmm. with the flies hatched. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, that's definitely—it uh, was a good time. We spent a little over an hour on the phone. We covered a lot of topics. A lot of good questions. People just, I mean, asking questions to kind of hit the spot as to where we, we needed to be. Did you get any questions from uh, from known show listeners? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quite a few. That, yep. That's pretty cool. That's uh, that's refreshing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, even some guests that were on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. It's people that reached out after, guests on the show. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. That was a good time. It was nice to kind of get open up a little bit. Is there any future plans of doing more of yes. these, or is Dan doing more in a series? Well, What's going on Dan's with that? Dan's got the series going now, so I know he's got probably, ooh, what, another four, five, six guys to come? I mean, there's there's Holmes, there's Brant, um, Dom, I don't know who else. I think uh, Weights and Measures is going to be on. Eric Johnson is on our show. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I'm missing somebody. But then I'm sure afterwards we're going to. We're we'll probably revisit that again. Do another one. Okay, so, oh, uh, February twenty first or twenty fourth was Mark Burns, March third, Dan Holmes, Musky Tying Platforms and Connections, March tenth, is Matt Grasky, Adaptive Fly, go. adapting your fly design to the situation, March seventeenth, Dom from Streamer King Flies, Synthetics and Changers. The 24th is Eric Johnson from Weights and Measures, and the 31st is Eli Brandt from Great Lakes Fly. He's going to be hitting up that, uh, oh, the B1G probably. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we touched on a lot of good things there. Yeah, man, that, that's pretty cool. We got some time. Uh, Jace, did you get out on a final ice fishing for the week? Did I ice fished every day since I last spoke here, I think. No. Most every day because that's what I wake up to do when there's ice. I think this was the shortest winter we ever had. Is that agreed in this room? I think last year was we didn't have an ice uh, last year. Well, but we did have snow. We we didn't have any snow. It was good long. It was shitty for a little while. Last year? No, this year. Yeah, but I mean we had rough weather for just a hair. So I made good use of it. Lakes hardened up. I walked on them, but since last man, I I was on them crappy hard. The the ones we ate, so I went back and wreaked havoc there. But uh, last week I planned for a big trip. We went out on Lake Erie, dude, for the the whole millisecond. It it was safe, and other guys did it and were successful. We we caught short fish. We caught some perch. We weren't 
we weren't able to get to a lot of the spots, man. It just wasn't. Travel was so rough. It was bad. I'm talking two-foot snow drifts, four-wheelers with chains getting stuck, you know, pulling each other out. Guy took a side-by-side. That was a nightmare first day and definitely needed a snowmobile. So guys with snowmobiles were able to get, you know, out further to some of the good haunts and depending on where you came from, gave you access you to different waters. You were going out of waters. PA or Ohio? No, we were all the way over Sandusky. Okay, you were going to the Western Erie, Basin. Then. Yeah, Western Basin. Erie, so you ice. were in 17 to 28 foot? We fished 24 and like 28, so mostly yeah. in that yep. 25. Guys who got out a little deeper did well, but I seen pictures posted. You know, people caught them. We uh, had rough days. How'd you do? Did you, did you guys I caught it? a small walleye. We got one keeper the first day there, like an evening we fished, and then the next day we didn't fish the whole day. We fished, went out a little bit late, but... It was just so such rough travel that uh, you couldn't you couldn't just ride across the ice. You know what I mean? There was no trails established due to the fact it was you know six it, six days it was made. It just happened, but there was a lot of guys out. No doubt, people coming off of most of the main accesses uh, where we came out of was it's you could park there, you could pay to park, but it was private. We had rented a house and it was sweet, like a fish camp. You know, a bunch of fishy dudes like. We were talking about everything from, and so just everything, like what lures here and there. Had a guy there from Michigan who fished, you know, all up there, Saginaw, and did stuff. He had the snowmobile, and he was able to get around easy, so. Did you I take your sled up? No, no. I I mean, I should have just said, you know, I'll meet you guys there and stayed in a hotel and took my uncle because it's just like that, dude, man. Life's, life's precious things are... Uh, they're short-lived for the most part, even if you could get a chance at something like that, you know. So, you know, I look back on it now. I did it, but, man, it's just one of those things that you you think you might you might be able to get out there with huge hopes because it is it is an epic place to fish. It's the biggest of big, I think, for ice fishing, and, and it was a risk we took. We made it back safe. That was the most important thing. So fish fish aside, getting back safe when you go out there and doing shit right in that sense, because so much goes into it. You're not you're not just packing your sled up and walking out, or you know you got a million things to worry about and backup shit you're gonna need. Everybody seemed to pull together like a big team, and and we got shit done. So did you take more rods? <laughs> no, no. I, 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 he takes 20 every time he's out. How many I'm, more can you take? Listen, they already tell me every time that we, I'm limited. They're like, only bring what you need. I'm like, yeah, I need it all, but I, it, uh, there's a reason why I got it, dude. I needed it. <laughs> You're like a bass fisherman. You don't want to tie. Yeah. No, hell no. That's that's downtime. Yeah. No, I, I took, uh, I just four rods in a gun case. That's my, that's my steez. I ain't, I ain't got the, the rod locker yet. I got to oh, get four on that. rods. I take four rods. That's impressive. You, you know, that's pretty good for me. But well, they're ice rods. Yeah, <laughs> but throw them in the the gun, the right, the rifle, hard rifle case, so they didn't get smashed. Uh, banging shit up, riding was rough out there. Like I said, but it was a, a great experience, man. I loved it. Got to see some of the most beautiful sunsets Ohio gets, and got to chill with the cool dudes. You know, so when you go, when you're back at camp, and everybody's kind of bummed out because we looked at the satellite pictures and it was fracturing up that next day people may have fished one more day and and then the winds came and took it all away so within a moment you know the the shit i lived for and it took 30 some months since the last time i was able to touch that you know walk on that water it's, it's i don't know it's kind of heartbreaking but sad to see it go but you know in the future there's better opportunity so next time when it freezes i'm going to be 
full hard on just like I always am. It's it's never if you get beat in something, man, that and you don't have the the will to go back and and want to do it again, and that ain't ain't even, even for you. Even yeah, that yeah, that's it too. Because I live for this. Like I said, thirty months. You that shit you think about daily. I got boxes dedicated to this bit. You know, dollars and dollars spent that I might use. You know, but it's the thrill of it. It's a sweet hunt out there, man. It's you you know you may be fishing over trophy fish every time. So yeah, man. I was open northeast this weekend, and uh, there are icebergs floating, but it was. Open water, man. Yeah. No, oh. I, th- I think there's still a lot of ice left out because I did get on throughout this week and watched it, you know, start getting sour and we got the rains and stuff. But, dude, we took some incredible fish this ice season locally on our, you know, lakes. Crappie-wise, for sure, lots of fish over the 13. Some fish, you know, a lot, uh, you know. More a lot than, bigger. Yeah, more than a handful over 15 and some 16 inches, so. For me, that's a prize, and I, I consider those fish the ones we hunt because they're hunters. They're the predators of this game, and whether it's panfish or walleye or whatever, I, I through the ice to me is, is where it's at just because you see me out there. I didn't stop. You know, there's no break in that. I never pull my phone out. I you don't, might not have been fishing, like, jigging all the time, but you were drilling. You were oh, moving yeah. around. No, you know? doing the work to, you know, I think maybe – equal a few more fish for the the group or yourself like this it is work there's no doubt ice fishing's work not a lot of guys know their shit and and it's hard to figure out when you don't get it so where you get experience from not being on the ice is yeah you can watch a million aaron weeb videos and him catching untouched fish in in manitoba or wherever but sometimes here man you got to have the edges you got to have the you know the the intel that other people don't have because people will steal your spots. I'm hiding fish out there and shit, like bagging them. I got a purse, a purse, and all kind of shit. I got a line bag. I learned a cool trick from the dude at the fish camp in Michigan. He was like, oh, yeah. Because my uncle, he booted some Amish guys off of us. He's like, you see these holes right here? These are all ours. We drilled them that you're fishing in. Don't come over here no more. Told this guy like he was gonna come set up because I was flipping them out one day pretty steady, <laughs> and they're like they're getting them and they wanted to come and they sit wanted in with on us. your action. Yeah, they they you weren't gonna catch them if you didn't have the blue box, you know. You had to have the fish finder. You had to get busy, man. They like the electronics. That's why they come out of the hole so good. But you know, he told him get the fuck out of here. Not in, not in a mean sense, but you know, but we in that just sense. <laughs> well we just we just found a new little honey hole and they were it was the prime time and I stuck them real good and these guys. Uh, you can't always hide, you know, especially in the wide open. I like to fish in the wide open. But this dude informed me. He's like, oh, yeah, me and my buddies, we take a creel, put it on under our coat, and when we catch a good one, we just turn our backs to the, all the other dudes, you know, that are watching right next to you and slip it in there, and nobody even got to know about it. I was like, take me with you, sir. You don't hear flopping on the ground? Yeah, no, 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 banging in the hut and shit. Uh, I was like, take me take me with you. If I count me in, because I want to go anywhere you stuff bluegills in your coat. That That is a place <laughs> for fucking me. I'll do 100%. it. I'll do it. He's like, eh, we don't got to do it at this one pond. I'm like... Uh, I guess it's a serious game, dude. Uh, and, uh, you know, I used to read about, like, tournaments and shit around the world where these guys, they fish with, like, a Swarovski crystal on a small, you know, tungsten head. They're not fucking around. This is serious. And it's all judged by ounces. Like, they're catching little dink fish. I'm talking this is, you know, probably wherever, you know, freezing. Why don't they use cubic sarconium? 
Well, bro, you know, you know when you don't use the good shit, right, Mark? Mark, when you don't tie the good shit, he's, Jason's trying to steal flies by way of sticking <laughs> them to s- his fucking sleeve. On my sleeve. <laughs> hey, Mark, when you don't use the good shit on your hooks, what would you come up with? Junk. Nothing. <laughs> junk. Yeah, you got to use, you gotta use that. junk. That Swarovski crystal. But ice fishing has always intrigued to me, and, and every year I pray for it and hope it comes and, and hope others get to come with me because I, once I show them, you know, maybe possibly a good day, people are like, oh, shit, I, I would be interested in doing that a couple times. For a of times. good time in a shanty, call Jace. Is that what uh, the portage on at the Ohio Lakes? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. I, I just I just write that in snow with urine <laughs> at every launch. <laughs> every day I mark my spot. But, I, I mean, uh, for anybody can do it. You know what I'm saying? I took multiple people out who have been green, and I'm like, this is what we're doing right here. Check this out. And, and in fact, the, the shit is addicting when you got electronics. If you guys say you, tomorrow you got a, like a live scope or something, your fucking head would spin. You wouldn't, you know what I mean? You you'd fish different. It changed all kind of thinking in your game. It, it's it's weird to see something like that, but real time is real time, and and this is the future of fishing. If you if you ain't got it, you're you're shooting yourself in the foot, is how I feel now. So, just the funnest game to play for a grown up man. I had a whole month straight, dude. My eyes are rotted. <laughs> and my brain is gone too I think I might get one or two more days in I seen uh, I checked the local pond that I fish And it's still got ice So I seen people post it on Facebook They were out yesterday But I'm going to get it And I'm sure up north that lake's going to hold some ice It doesn't take the water like everywhere else But the place I was getting them Boom You pulled up yesterday a big ring around it of water like, That's you drill so many fucking holes in it. That was to let the fucking water down when it comes. That was, see, you, you see what I'm saying is help it float a little bit. Uh, all in all, that as as I season fades, you know, my my dreams were, were met, I guess. I uh, did everything I wanted to do, had fun, got to get out with Ryan. I had a blast, and who knows, I might take a trip up there. I, I got lake trout on the brain through ice. That would be an awesome feat for me because I'm, just a weirdo from Ohio with a Vexilar, man. I'll show up with that bitch. Uh, they, if they tell me I can't get on the plane with that, I'm walking. Simple as that. Heck yeah, man. Well, hey, let's go take a break, and we will be right back with Pete Romano. We are back with Pete Romano from Rising Tide Fishing. What's happening, buddy? What's up, guys? Glad to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure tonight, man. We've heard from a lot of our previous guests that... Come on. Pete is the man. So uh, that's what we did. We reached out, and you decided to come on with us. So thank you. No, no, thank you. This is awesome. So, hey, Pete, can you give us a little background on yourself? Where Where are you from? What What do you fish for? And how'd you get into fishing? Sure. Um, I grew up in Milford, Connecticut, which is, uh, you know, Connecticut, uh, southern New England. Um, I've really been interested in the water ever since I was a young kid. And the passion just kept growing and growing. Um, we, I grew up, Milford's right on the coast, for people who don't know. And about 10 years ago, I really took, 
you know, fishing to the next step and got super, super passionate about it and started surf casting and learning local waters uh, on my own, taking the walks. And that just started fueling an addiction. And I met a lot of different people. And, you know, 10 years later, here I am guiding and trying to catch the species on the fly and just propelling, you know. Just going to the moon and back. So uh, what are your target species up in uh, Connecticut? So, yeah, we uh, our mainstay are the striped bass, but we target uh, the striped bass, bluefish, uh, false albacore, bonito, um, pretty much anything uh, that's uh, swimming that's a predator in the salt water. The bonito, I've seen pictures of them. They look like the albacore, but they have bigger teeth, correct? Exactly, yeah, the Atlantic bonito. Down south, uh, they call the false albies or albacore bonita, and a lot of people, it's a big confusion, but the Atlantic bonito, yes, they have the teeth. And uh, they're they're a small tuna species as well? A small tuna, yes. And do you go about fishing them the same way you would for the bluefish and the stripers and the albies? A little bit the same. They kind of come in right before the albacore and or the false albies. And, you know, they're just a fun uh, target species before you get that big albie fever going. And we get out there and they kind of they arrive. You're not really sure when they're going to come in. And they're a ton of fun. They they're very similar to albie fishing. Uh, the flies that we tie for them are, are pretty similar. Um, the way that we fish for them are pretty similar to fishing for uh, albies. But, um, you know, the king around here is, yeah, is, is the is the false albacore, the, you know, the albies, albie fever. But, yeah, the bonita to me are just as fun. They got the sick teeth, and they're super cool. And to catch one on the fly rod or even on late tackle is just absolutely awesome. Hmm. Oh, now are they you're fishing them with kind of like the same like clousers and like wh- yeah little glass minnows gummy nice. minnows uh clousers uh bunny strips um really micro bait you know they, they that's what they're kind of that's what they're kind of feeding on that time of year and that's what they come in and they're they're gorging on um is that because it's and, early and the bait just hasn't got big yet or is that no, just that's a, just that's just that's um, their standard. It's actually later in the year in the fall, and the the bait is that rain bait that we get that just is is from the uh, the the um, the bait has uh, laid its eggs. The, the 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 rain bait is now uh, getting into big schools. It's living. It's doing its thing. It's getting bigger, and it starts to school up and come in. In shore and in the fall, we have a ton, a ton of small bait, whether it be baby bunkers, baby glass minnows, you know, sand eels, all these different things. And these fish just go, you know, they go nuts. You'll see clouds of them um, if you're in if you're in the right spots and you'll see fish just going crazy. No, with them being tuna. Now, is that table fair at all for you guys or you guys throwing everything um, back? Yeah, I, some people really like to eat um Atlantic Bonito, they, you know, if you're going to catch one and eat it, that's the one that's preferred and people, you know, really enjoy. Um, Also, Spanish mackerel, we get Spanish mackerel come in, a lot of the mackerel species um, come in at the same time, and those are our good table fare. Uh, Most people stay away from the the albacore, false albies, Um, just a a fishy taste. A Bonito, like oily, like a blue, or is it kind of like a sea trout or something? No, it's, it's, it's more... 
I mean, it's it's a little bit more fishy. I mean, it's not it's not eating a yellowfin tuna steak, but it's <laughs> it's you know it's super it's super tender. Um, it's definitely the you know the one that you would you would like to eat. It's not as fishy, and it's a little bit more of that meaty. It, yeah, it's it's kind of based on that mackerel tuna, you know, style. If that's what you've eaten before. Gotcha. So you said you got your start uh, walking the beaches. Are you still yeah. walking, guiding from the beaches, or are you strictly boat fishing now? What? What's strictly your... boat fishing, yeah, for the guiding, yes. Strictly um, on my on my boat. I was walking from shore. Um, that was it. Was just such a great learning experience. It's something that I have a ton of respect for for guys that go out and do it. Sometimes I'm I'm in in the night. I'm out straight bass fishing, and I show up to these spots at you know one two in the morning and you know some of those guys are you can see the headlamps walking down towards the beach and I'm, I'm in the river and i just remember that um it's an awesome awesome experience it's a fun thing to do uh it's just um guiding wise around here it's just super super difficult um and it's a lot of walking it's it's a lot on on the client so what kind of boat are you running i have a uh 21 foot mako a mako Ooh, 21 nice. lts it's a more of like a, a bay boat with a Mercury 150, 2016. Very nice. Yeah. And how uh, how confident are you in weather? Like, what what are some swells that you'll go up to before you call it a day? <laughs> this is funny, people that are listening in uh, that know me. <laughs> gotcha. I <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit out of my mind when it comes to <laughs> just me or people that I um no have a lot of experience on boats <clears throat> but as far as taking somebody out um i would never take anybody out in anything that would uh put them in any type of danger but as far as what that boat could handle it just make a they really did a, a great job with that 21 lts it is i have been in some some serious some serious slop with that boat and she's gotten me home <laughs> on a typical day where how far you're running Oof. Um, depending on where the fish are, you know, if they're, if it's a local bite where, you know, I have my dot, my boat docked about four minutes from me, we meet right at the dock in the Housatonic river and we'll fish the river, depending on if the fish are in there, we'll go out and, and fish some local water, some beaches, you know, out in long Island sound. Um, but if we need to make the run, you know, I have no problem, uh, driving 20, 30, miles you know across the sound to to port jeff or to new york um if i take the boat and trailer it up to uh you know say stonington connecticut and i leave out of there or i leave out of rhode island um on a clear day i'll take it right to block island or montauk and how far is montauk of a run from you montauk from me i would have to trailer it to uh eastern the eastern sound uh, like uh Stonington, Connecticut is just a big one that everybody knows. But um, from where I am located in Milford, it would be quite a quite an adventure. But from where I where I like to launch it in Connecticut, um, it's about 18 miles across, 18, 19 miles, give or take. Not too bad, then. So um, we all watched Shark Week this year, and Montauk right. Montauk was the uh, the big thing of the new white shark uh, breeding ground. You know, yeah, yeah. Have you? Had any experiences with the sharks? I have only had an experience with, and I can't say that it was a great white by any means, but I've had experiences where you're catching bluefish and 
you know, you're in a blitz and as you hook up, you'll see a three, four foot shark swipe on that fish once it gets hooked. That was, that's really cool to watch. So what kind of fly would you throw back in there to try to re-catch that shark? Three or four foot fly? I mean, (laughs) shark fishing on the fly. I mean, that's, it's one of those things. I'm not the guy to answer that, but I'll tell you, I, from what I've, um, researched and i've always wanted to do it they throw a lot of those big uh you know just a feather fly really looks like you know basically they just tied a ton of you know big hackle feathers and maybe some bucktail up front and red or white and they kind of just let it sit there i know a lot of guys chum them in and and they they sent them in and then throw flies behind the bait or or throw bait buckets off the side of the boat and bring them in and then throw flies and you kind of just twitch it and and the shark just pretty much just bites the hook so kind of like conway does out west for the uh for the makos yeah yep okay yeah exactly exactly that's what these guys do uh up here in new england that actually get to to do that stuff that's that's really cool um it's it takes a lot of time and uh patience and effort but it's it's really awesome to see so once you got your boat how did you go about starting to figure out the fishery from being in the water <sighs> Like, how do you track the migration of the stripers up and down the coast and the blue? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. No. Hey, and you can talk down to us. We're uh, we're just stupid Pennsylvanians that don't know the salt. <laughs> oh, no, no, you guys <laughs> Landlocked. Hey, you guys are too much. Uh, no, uh, it's it's a very cool thing. It, it gets a little geeky at points. So I didn't want to get it. I don't want to get into like it being too sciencey, but um, you know, I I got my first. I remember I bought my first boat. And I knew the first day that I put it in the water that that was it. It was never, I was never not owning one. <laughs> it's just opened up, it just opens up a world that, you know, it's insane. Um, but once, once that happened, I just was, I was addicted, addicted, bad, you know, like drugs, addicted to <laughs> learning, to, to learning about this. I mean, all hours of the night, my family, every, my girlfriend, every, you're, you're out of your mind, Pete. But, you know, that's the passion that a lot of us share doing this stuff. And I learned it from the, I learned it from the ground up. I'll tell you the first year um, that I got the boat and, and I've had a boat now about, about seven years um, I've been fishing my whole life, but for the past seven years, I've really been in a, a real boat on, on the salt water, not in, you know, ponds and growing up bass fishing and stuff. But, you know, I, I get into that. I got onto the boat and you follow reports and what's going to be here tomorrow and what's going to be there. And it just never pans out. And the day that I stopped doing that and just went in and said, you know what, Pete, we're going to do this starting from the bottom find our own spots make our own report look for our own fish find our own water look at read the water in this area see what happens at this time it changed it just changed the game and it it took some years but it got to a point where i knew spots that these fish were going to hold in why they were going to hold there and you know where they were going to be at different times a year and where to go find them if we didn't find them in in those spots you know yeah so our this is stupid. Are you looking for structure? Are you, are you following bait? Yeah, it's uh, so it's for, for what we're doing here. No, these are all great questions, but for what we're doing here, yeah, it's so intricate because it's, it's so different in other parts of the country. And, you know, that's the cool thing about Connecticut. It, it's, it's, it's special when you find them and connect, especially when there's, you know, multiple fish or big fish or a school of blitzing fish. Um, 
like I said, going to Rhode Island, yeah, you, you're going to fish boulder fields, you're going to fish inlets, breachways, you know, you're going to fish the beach, the bait is there for you. Here, we're fishing the mouth of the Housatonic River, we're going to be in marshes, fishing um, marsh lines, you know, on an outgoing tide. So it's a little structure dependent, but it's also super, super tide dependent. Um, there, there needs to be bait involved. The fish aren't going to come into the, the river or Long Island Sound because it's kind of closed off by that long arm of New York, Long Island, with, you know, Montauk being the tip of that. And the, the bait has to make its way into the sound and for, for big fish to follow it in and, and, and get in the groove of everything. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. But, yeah, I mean, structure is a huge it's, it's huge in any fishing. Yeah. I mean, but we don't really have, we don't have a ton of reefs like a lot of other parts of the country. We don't have a ton of breachways and rock piles. So we're always finding fish holding on, you know, um, sand, sand drop offs, you know, um, off the beach or, you know, edges of the river or inlets in the marsh where they're, you're getting huge tidal flows of water in or out and those fish could stage up, you know, and attack. So let's go back to like what you said about Montauk. So sure. with that being pointed out, that's obviously going to push the bait the whole way out around there. Yes. So what you're saying is that the bait's not necessarily going to bring itself back in. Then what brings the stripers right back in then? You, uh, you mean as like bringing them back into Long Island Sound? Yeah, you were saying that they won't. The best bait won't typically necessarily make their way back up in because of like Montauk and pushing it out. Is that correct? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, yeah. Basically, so for for folks that don't know is is long island sound is like a, a giant um i don't want to say saltwater lake but, you know we have current we have tides the whole thing but it's it's closed off a little bit because of long island's big outreach when i was just saying that montauk is at the tip of it you know pretty much the mecca of fishing out here in, in new england but so we we don't get that huge ocean current like rhode island gets the atlantic right up against uh, the side gotcha, that, gotcha. that yep. side of uh, Long Island and, and Montauk get the Atlantic, uh, you know, that cooler water and that that crazy, crazy ocean waves and just a plethora of bait and, and, and fish that are in there. The sound is a bit closed off to that because we're protected by Long Island. And those fish have to kind of make their way into the sound through different wa- through different ways and river systems and get into the sound and, and find bait within Long Island Sound. So essentially what you need would be like a strong west blowing in or uh, east blowing west in wind that would really help you guys then, huh? When yeah, that, when that well, sometimes perfect. after a really big storm, you know, in in the fall, you know, we'll get false albacore local albies. You know, local albies for us um, in the southern, we, we consider this the southern Long Island Sound is western Long Island Sound is just a super treat. Each year, you don't know if it's going to happen. Um, it happens sometimes for three weeks, sometimes for two weeks, sometimes for three days. Sometimes it's a, a story, a myth. You've, you've heard all people, oh, yeah, he saw one the other day. So for us diehards and the guides that are fishing this water, it's really big for us to be out there every day in the fall and starting to see where these fish may show up and in the spots that they do show up in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, like I was, you know, back to like Montauk a bit. Everybody knows in New England that, you know, the Al- 
Albies are going to be in, in Montauk at a certain point in the fall. It may be a slow season. It may be the best season ever, but you're going to have your best shot there. Um, and that's why when I guide or I take clients, depending on the time of year, it's just, I, it depends on where I'm going to be. Um, I started only guiding in the lower Housatonic river a few years ago and out into long Island sound. And then as I became more familiar with the coastline of Rhode Island and block Island sound and Fisher's Island, I started to add that in to more experienced anglers and said, you know, would you like to do a trip out here? Because we have a better chance at the Atlantic Bonito at the, you know, false albies at the Spanish mackerel at, you know, 10, 15 pound bluefish on the fly. So I, sometimes I really move along there later in the season. Um, when we get a kind of a stagnation here in long Island sound between say mid July and the end of August, it kind of slows down here and I move the program out East a bit. So, so when, when somebody wants to come down, what, what's peak season for you guys in that, location to fish that outflow sure yeah peak season i would say is october right into december and also march right into june um and that's for big stripers out. what's that that's for the big stripers or that's for yeah that's for that's for big stripers schoolie stripers uh, shot at bluefish um, in the spring here in the next couple weeks, our holdovers, we had a great holdover uh, year. The class of fish that are in here, we had a lot of bait because that prolonged warm summer. We had a lot of uh, adult Manhattan or bunker. Um, some parts of the country, they call them pogies. They came in the river. We had a ton of big fish in the river late, and they, they held over. So in the next couple weeks, those fish are kind of going to – wake up, look for that, look for that, you know, that food source and, and get going and they're going to get juiced up and it's going to turn on, you know, fire here in the next three weeks. And that's going to go all the way till, you know, mid June. And then, you know, it'll just kind of stay good for another month or so. And then that kind of, it gets too warm in, in the sound. We don't have that ocean that ocean current and that ocean water to bring the temperatures down. So those fish kind of migrate out, you know, towards the east, towards colder water. So since you got to start in that, you know, direction, do you want to take us through your season a little bit? And just walk us through sure. what's there yeah, when? That'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the season kind of starts like I said here in the next couple weeks and we target holdover striped bass. Um these fish have uh come up the river in the fall chasing bait. Um, they don't migrate all the way down to the Carolinas and Chesapeake Bay and the Hudson River. We have our own little uh, holdovers here in here in Connecticut. It's uh, really a special special fishery. Uh, I wish it was protected a little bit more, um, but the the state of Connecticut DEP is kind of a little loose. It's not one of those diehard fishing states. But anyhow, so we start doing that right around right around like three weeks from now, March, you know, and those fish will be out feeding. And I kind of stay on that course and they they drop down throughout the, the length of the river out into the mouth of Long Island Sound. And I fish them right out until June. And then we have some big bass that come in in May, the migrators, and they come out deep and they're very hard to they're very hard to 
catch on light tackle or fly rods. They're they're out deep. They're super focused in on live bait. And a lot of what we do is um, snag and drop, dropping uh, live baits down deep, and you get some really big fish. I mean, it's it's a tough fishery, but if you really stick it out, there is some some big big fish uh, to be caught in Long Island Sound as they move up the coast. Hey, hey, and hey. I do. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I got a question about the snag and drop. Sure. Was there a new regulation that uh, that is limiting the snag and drop technique? I've read about that. I don't know if that's in effect in Connecticut. I know that maybe in Rhode Island or Mass it may be. Okay. But um, it's one of the things that I'm not a huge – so I'm not a huge um, bait guy. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, it's it's kind of what I do uh, for about a month because you have a shot at a 50-pound at a bass mm-hmm. in Long Island Sound. And when you – one of those creatures – on the boat over 40 inches 40 pounds you know hitting a a 12 14 inch you know one to two pound uh bait fish it's it's incredible it really is a special thing can you describe this the snag and drop for uh people that don't know what it is me sure snag and (laughs) drop would be um you have a pot of bait you know that you've you've approached you've 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 found wherever however you've got there and you throw a treble a weighted treble hook with lead into the pod and you snag one of the fish you you actually twitch your rod and you know drive one of the trebles into the the back of those fish and the weight on the hook automatically really you know hinders that fish and it drops down throughout the pod um into a feeding zone of large straight bass that are below that pod waiting for that weaker, weaker bait fish to fall off. Yeah. Um, that, that also comes into play when we get bluefish in because bluefish will come in and attack a pod, you know, like sharks, they'll, they'll, they'll bite chunks out of, out of anything. And they really are, you know, they just keep continue eating. They won't even eat the, the, the same bait all the way through. And there's big giant bass below those schools just relaxing and saving their energy and just picking off the scraps. The bass sound like Biggie Smalls to me. <laughs> you know, just sitting back eating. I love it. Eating Welch's grape. <laughs> Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. You know there it. you go, dude. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, baby. Back to this uh, scratch and sniff. I mean, drag and drop. No, I'm just fucking with you, man. That's a tec- I love it. That's a technique I used to use, but we just booed them after that. I guess abused them. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's one of those things that's, a, you know, it's just super, um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I go, you know, super effective. It's super effective it's in a, a lot technique. of instances. I mean, you know, is it something that I, I tend to do a, a ton of? Um, no, I, mm. it, it does have a mortality rate if that if that fish does swallow a full snagger. A lot of times that doesn't, you know, happen just because um, the way that they hit that fish, the snagger a lot of times doesn't get down into their stomach. It's more in the, you know, in the mouth area, but. Um, what I like to do is snag a fish, um, put it on, put it on a single hook, uh, maybe a three-way, uh, rigging style where you have a, you know, a a weight with a three-way swivel of a piece of, you know, say a couple foot floral line to a, um, a circle hook and drop it down below the, the pod like that. It's, it's, it's a, it's a more safer and effective way to, you know, catch those bigger fish. And if you do do the snag and drop, 
and you catch a fish, are you, are you spooking the rest of the fish are down in the feeding zone, or can you catch multiple fish? You could catch mul- You can catch multiple fish. It's just, you know, they're they're down there. You know, it's if they're down there in numbers. I mean, they're just so engrossed, you know, in in in, in eating, you know, that it's just it's easy to catch one after another. And that's the that's the crazy thing about straight bass. You know, people will go, "Wow, we went out, and we caught." you know, 20 schoolies, you know, 40 schoolies bass today from, you know, say 16 to 28 inches. And it seems easy. And then you want to go and catch that same size bass, you know, a 35, a 40 inch bass um, on the fly. And it changes. It's a whole new ball game. You know what I mean? It just changes from using, you know, bait to, to using the fly and trying to get down below those those bait balls with a fly or light tackle and, and fool those bigger bass is is a huge deal um the snag and drop kind of you know takes that that work effort effort out of it and it gets you you know that much closer to catching one of those trophy fish but um and that's it doesn't that doesn't always happen either that you know they're smart these these fish are you know they're coming up the coast and they're keyed in on on bait live bait they know what it looks like you know so that was actually my next question I was going to ask you. So when you have like a bait ball like that and you you want to try to put a fly down below, obviously the sure. first thing is, is A, is that something feasible to do? But B, the first thing I think of is when you do that is let's say that you're going to try to get that fly down below there. Mm. You're going to disperse that bait a little bit as that line's coming down through them, isn't it? And is that going to kind of send them stripers to the sides with them bait or how does that work? Yeah, it, it, it's it's super it's super difficult because if you don't have those fish, you know, you'll get stripers at times feeding on top. I mean, those are those times that you, you know, you live for. That's what your season's for, for throwing top water flies, for throwing a fly that's only going to sit, you know, a foot below the surface on an intermediate line and yeah. get smashed um, or throwing a top water popper. But when you have to start getting below that school um, and you want to catch a fish, now you're into, you know, 10, 11, 12 weight rods with you know, 400, 450, 500 grain uh, sinking lines, mm. and you have to cast to the side of those those yeah, pots. We're, we're so you kind don't of, you know, the blow them up. It's a great question. Yeah, yep. That makes a lot of sense. But it is, I mean, that's something that's like intrigues me so much because, I mean, I, I'm coming from, from with the back side of it, like backwards almost. Mm-hmm. I'm coming from it because of the tie, fly tying side of it. I only tie with like bucktail and feathers, and the fact of stripers just, it, it intrigues me more than, a, than, than Muskie does with it. But it's like oh, you you yeah. you got these big flies that are obviously running in a neighborhood of ten to twelve inches. They're not exactly just going to drop right down through there like a surf candy or a clouser will. I mean, it's going to make disturbance, and that's definitely something that's got to deter that bait fish and move them around, which has got to make it hard on the boat for you trying to keep it, up it, with, it, with. Yeah, it's it's super tough. It's a great it's a it's just, that's a great point, man. It's it's something that, you know, people ask me all oh, this is such a good point is people ask me all the time, Pete, can we go and do this on the fly? And I tell them we can we can give it hell, but it, it's <laughs> it's difficult. Do you want to catch one fish today? Do you want to catch no fish today? You know why you could have caught 30 fish. And that's the absolute difference. 
you know, it's, it's one of those things where you go out musky fishing and you get one fish a day and you're ecstatic on, on the fly. You can catch multiple striped bass, smaller striped bass on clousers, you know, on the beach, but do you want to go out and catch a 30 pounder on the fly? You're, you're back into the musky fishing game. That's yep. how crazy it gets. You know, you're getting into, I cast it all day. There's nothing down here. You have to start lying to yourself. It's going to happen. Yeah. Makes complete sense. And is there a best time of year to catch the 30 pounder on the fly? It- there, 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 there are two times of the year. We think that that isn't, you know, is when I like to get out after them. And that's right now in the spring, as these fish, these big migratory bass are moving up the coast and they're coming out of the rivers and one, you could fish them. You could fish them in the rivers and a little bit um, shallower of an environment. Um, and also, and they're also hungry. They're keyed in. They want to eat. They want to eat things. You don't have to throw a huge presentation to a you know a forty pound bass because there's not there's creatures in the water living that size. There's other fish living that size, but they also know that there's a lot of small you know fish around at that time. Smaller bait. And it's easier to catch a big fish on a, on a smaller weighted, you know, clouser type, you know, presentation where you could do that. Um, and then again, in the fall, you know, in the fall, late fall, um, October, November, you know, getting out into, you know, the Atlantic going off of Rhode Island and getting off of Block Island and casting around those boulder fields. That's where you're going to get your big stripers on the fly at your best shot i should say at them and big big stripers on the fly are we talking we need a 10 weight and 30 pound fluoro leader is that yes sir okay yeah that's a big stripers on the fly um i was just having this conversation with a friend actually this afternoon and he was asking me about it and i said to him the difference between you know, a 25 inch striped bass and catching a 45 inch striped bass on the fly or light tackle top water, um, changes, changes your life and how you look at those fish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any scenario where the fish are a little shallower is your better scenario for fly fishing is what you're leading on, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. When, when, when you could fish, you know, uh, I mean, a max step of 15, 20 feet. I mean, even 20 is a little tough um, to really get a fly to work properly um, without using super heavy lines. Um, you know, but if you could get fish, you know, especially in the lower river where, you know, depths are 10 to 15 feet and you're able to get a fly in the strike zone. I mean, it sometimes sometimes the fly is is even deadlier. It's just so those clousers, I mean, you know what we've been targeting them on, and it's really cool. And Mark, you may like this. I don't know if you're into the game changers, but uh, Blaine's game changer, um, they just in all white. They just it, they just go nuts for them. I like them. <laughs> what do you what do you five inch in about a five inch? Just your simple bait fish, five inch pattern four. Yeah, five. I mean, um, yep, exactly. Five, six inches. Um, you could get baby. some some guys are you know they're into big fly. Hey, I want to come with a, you know, an eight inch, you know, you know, ten inch game chain. Hey, go ahead. You know, or a ten inch fly bucktail. I mean, we've caught them on pike flies. I mean, 
I've had people come down and, and throw, you know, pike flies and, and catch them, you know, just, Hey dude, do you think this will work? Yeah, go ahead, throw, you know, go ahead, chuck it. So speaking of one of Blaine's flies, you early in this interview had mentioned the gummy minnow. Yeah. Is there an easy way to tie that stupid thing? Or just, I don't just think, buy yeah. them? You know, none of these guys, they, 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 none of them are, 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 are super easy. I mean, to me, the easiest thing to tie is is the clouser. You know, that's one of those Amen. things that's like, Absolutely. you know, great. Oh, we had a great, we had, you know, we had a great day. We went through a bunch of, you know, I could go home and then, you know, tie 50 of them in an hour, you know, blindfolded. But when you start getting into anything that's, you know, those intricate flies, they're just, they never look like they do, you know, until you find those guys that really know how to tie. So speaking of the Clouser, if you had one to pick from, would it be chartreuse over white or pink over white? Oof. Man, chartreuse like over white colors. or white I'd, over I'd chartreuse? Have to say it's a mashup. You could throw either one of those colors every day, and, and I wouldn't tell you pink and yes chartreuse. or no. Um, <laughs> Yeah, chartreuse over white. We, go, we had a uh, a day with um, uh, a buddy of mine who ties Talis Talis Hartman. He's out of PA, and you you guys know Devin, right? Devin, he he guides up here for Pike. Uh, Mark, yeah. you may know him. You get your mm-hmm. flies. Oh, yeah. um, Wait, it's Talis? I thought it was Tolls. That's how we read. Yeah, uh, Tolls, T-O-L-E-S. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interesting, okay. and he's a good kid. I'm holding, yeah, we're, uh, we're holding one of his flies <laughs> as we speak. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, the, kid, the, kid's, the kid's good. He's he's fire. I mean, he's 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 not out there doing it, you know, um, yet. You know, I'm, uh, you know, the business every day. But, uh, you know, I beg him. I beg him to, to, to tie me stuff because uh, I just I don't have the time. I'm into so much stuff and uh, so much shit. It's it's tough. So he ties me up my stuff and uh, oof, dynamite. So you're running Clousers the majority of the time. Is that your your go to? Yeah, so I, that's what. Yeah, that's part of what I was going to get to. I went out with uh, with uh, with Devin and uh, yeah, Tallis Tolls uh, Hartman there, <laughs> and uh, we were uh, we were in a little undisclosed area. Um, where we had an awesome awesome blitz going on for about five six hours, and we threw. Uh, pink over white and chartreuse over white um, until there was literally four or five strands of uh, bucktail or synthetic <laughs> on the hook. I mean, we caught so, so many fish. And that's what I was just getting to. It's it's a 50-50 mashup on those colors are just sick. Or just straight white is awesome. White on white. Yeah. Cheating. White on white. Yeah, white on white. They love white on white. Um, <laughs> red over white. So, um... All right. Well, we were at the snag and drop when we were going through your season. Yeah, sure. Chad. Until we got until we got sidetracked by by some asshole. Uh, <laughs> what what goes on after the snag and drop time of year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right where right where we left off. Let me get there. Yeah. Okay. Mid <laughs> mid uh mid June until July. Yeah. That's the snag and drop. And the water starts to warm up, and you'll notice you'll see less and less of those bigger bass down below there. And I kind of give that game up, and I start moving into, you know, um, inshore, uh, the river mouths, uh, bay areas, structure. And I start moving my, like I said, the program uh, out east, uh, eastern sound, out into Rhode Island. And we start fishing the reefs out in Rhode Island, and we start fishing the beaches out in Rhode Island and the breachways. And within the last five years, I've really gotten into doing that and knowing that, you know, you have to follow these fish if you want to stay on them. 
you could stay, you know, in in town and fish them and catch uh, schoolies and put a lot of hours in to pull one fish over 30 inches off in those late summer months, you know, um, but that's not exactly the most fun thing. Now, when you're trying to, you know, get people to, to get on these fish on the fly consistently or even have a great time yourself, you have to move with these fish. They're migratory fish. They are moving um, and they are following bait <clears throat> and that's where they go. You know, they they go to, you know, out east, out, out uh, the northeast, you know, uh, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Maine. And this time of year, you're still chasing strictly stripers. You're not trying to look for bluefish and... This is right, yeah. So right then, where I was telling you, where I get up, go start to go out east. Uh -huh. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, that's where those bluefish they start to trickle in. Now the blues are starting to come in August. You know, you may see them earlier. You may see them, you know, later. Uh, especially bigger ones. You'll hear, you know, reports. Okay, they showed up here. They showed up there. And then, you know, bluefish to me, you know, it's I love striped bass. You know, and that's the mainstay. And but. When bluefish come in, people just get, you know, they get so excited. Light tackle, guys. I mean, they're nothing They're nothing to put on your, your dinner plate. And some people just kind of throw them to the side because of that allure of, you know, that this East Coast straight bass craze. But, dude, bluefish are just absolutely epic, you know, for what we have up here. You know, we don't have tarpon up here. We don't have those type of fishes like they have in Florida. And... Bluefish give us that. They're gonna they're gonna take you, you know, a big you catch it, you know, a 10, 15 pound uh bluefish on on a fly rod, you're 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 having a lot of fun. You know, you're you're in you're enjoying yourself. So do you have to change tactics a little bit for bluefish? Are you throwing wire? Um and you know, I, I throw a thicker I throw a thicker uh fluoro, a thicker diameter fluoro on there. I'm not a big wire guy. I don't like wire. I really don't like the way it moves and I and I feel like after they get one or two bites in it, I'd rather retie or lose a fly um than have that wire get bit up and then it gets all, you know, kinky and kinked out and it's it's just not fun to throw. But yeah, it's tactics wise. They're just, they're a little, they're so much more aggressive than bass. It's almost, you're, you're, you're not having to work as hard. You know, you're, you're casting into a, a spot where you think they are. And if they're in there, they're hitting what you're throwing. If you're doing it right, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna whack it. And for the bluefish, are you throwing more epoxy flies just like for the longevity of the fly? Or do you just say, yeah. fuck it and have tolls tie some more? <laughs> yeah, I call up T Money. We call up T Money. I say T Money. I, I need another dozen, baby. Um, yeah, no, they they'll, they'll chew them. Yeah, they'll chew them up. Those epoxy flies, soft plastics. If I have guys throwing, um, you know, light tackle, that's one of the things that we we should touch base on. Is, is you know, this is where um fly fishing and light tackle start to you know marry together. It's we're out in Rhode Island. It's blowing twenty five. You know, there's a two foot chop. We have a shot at catching some nice fish today, but today is not the fly rod day. We can do it on the fly rod, and if that's what you want to do, that's fine. We'll do that all day. I will work that boat for you all day to be there in the zone. But you're going to you're going to get frustrated with yourself, and I just feel like you know what if you've caught in, um you know any of those species on the fly before, or if you're just willing to you know pick up the spin rod, especially a light tackle, you could have you know, a phenomenal day, save a day. And you're still, you're still catching those fish. You know, it's not, you're not taking anything away from, from not having the fly rod in your hand.
So with the light tackle and the soft plastics, are you throwing something like a Zoom Super Fluke or? Yes, sir. Exactly. A lot of freshwater uh, soft plastics come, you know, they, they transfer right over to salt water. I'm a big fan of the Yum Money Minnow by Yum Baits. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's absolutely, it's deadly. Um, and I use it from everything from freshwater to salt water. Um, even Albies will hit it uh, presented the right way. Um, but for the bluefish with those big teeth, I'm not a big fan of throwing a ton of soft plastic in the wall. Everybody's doing it, and I just feel like these things should they should really biodegrade. You know, they yeah. they, they, they we have a lot there's a lot of plastic out there, man. Yeah, why try to add to it when you can try to throw a Rapala? Sure. You know what I mean? It's, oh no, exactly. You're 100 correct. That's where I'll that's where I'll switch that. Okay, there's bluefish, and I'll even have people on the boat going man, you know, can, can you get me, you know, can we go back to, to soft plastics? It, you know, they're so deadly. And I go, you know, guys, we're get, they're just getting bit up every, you know, you're, you, you say you catch 20 bluefish. I mean, that's 20 soft plastics really gone. They, they don't last, you know, not with those teeth. So it, it's one of those things where I'll put a, uh, you know, a Yuzuri Magdart or, or a, you know, a, a, a Rapala, exactly. A crystal minnow, one of those, one of those type of lures. Um, and, this way here, you don't have to worry about it. And then I also change out all my lures. Anything that I throw light tackle is no treble hooks. Not only for um, being kind, you know, oh, let, let's not throw barbs all over the, the, you know, the fish's mouth and face and body. Um, for ease, some of these times you're in, you're in blitzes or you're catching multiple fish. You do not want to be playing around with treble hooks all over the place for your hands. It's just not a, it's not a fun time. How often do you get uh, two bluefish on one bait? Oh, it's it it it, it could happen. It can happen any time. You you know it just it, it it doesn't happen. I would say as much as you would think, but um they they definitely they definitely have times where the ones in the the back hook, ones in the front hook. You know, especially the smaller ones. Okay, so you moved out east, and you're starting to yep. get you're starting to get into the bluefish. And what is this August? Yes, sir. Yeah. Late, late August, <clears throat> mid, mid August, late August. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, you know, we, we're, we're starting to get out there and that's where things really start to, you know, take off. Um, it's like the second level. Like we've, we've gotten some big, big bass now under our belt. We've, we've done the spring schoolies on the fly and, and light tackle. And it's, it's, you know, it's starting to get a, a to be, a fun, you know, season and you're hoping at least. Right. And, uh, this is like that second wave. Let's go out to watch Hill reef and throw top water plugs over the reef and, and see what happens tonight. You know, let's throw, you know, let's throw flies over the reef and see what, sees what, uh, see what happens. I mean, uh, Tallis, he, his, his favorite thing is going out to the reef and, and watching those fish dig back down to the rocks you know, throwing a clouser, letting it on a rip. We're talking massive current over a reef and uh, having those fish come up, slam it, and then, you know, jetting back into a kelp forest. Really cool. So you're going on a night for this? (laughs) Yeah, that's to my next point. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I should have, disclosure here. And um, that's that's funny. Yeah, 
We could go during the day. We could go in the morning. But a lot of my trips, when people call and they ask, and I, I feel everybody out, or, you know, any level you want. I love, I love taking kids out. It's one of my favorite things to do um, is to share that. It kept me out of so much trouble in my life, and I turned to it um, times where I, I was in trouble. Mm. And it's, it's just something that I, it's a passion of mine. Um, so I love getting out, you know, uh, young anglers and, and especially young anglers that just love it like I did. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything, you know, for you to try to catch you with those type of fish you want. But we'll do it during the, we'll do it during the day. We'll do it at dusk. Um, a lot of guys that, that call me and I tell them that it's a customized trip because these fish, straight bass in particular, uh, when the bluefish come around, we could do it, you know, all during the day, albies during the day. But when you want to catch large straight bass, you know, and have a shot at, at big ones, they're nocturnal. These fish are, are eating at night. That's when they feel comfortable. That's when they, they turn on. And that's why all those surf guys are out there in the middle of the night. And I'm off the coast or off the beach in, in the boat. And I'll do a dusk trip right into a night trip if you're comfortable if you could, you know, if you're comfortable casting at night, um, it it could get insane. We have some serious, serious nighttime bites. And when you get a big fish on at night and you get into the boat and someone has the biggest fish ever held in their entire life, mm. what do you have to do to take a picture of that fish for that person in the dark? Do you have lights on the question. boat? Oh, because it's such a great question. Um, Thank one, you. The, the, yeah, one, you have to, you have to get, sometimes you have to get that person, the, um, their nerves down. And it's so funny to talk about it when you're not on the water or not in the moment. Um, but when it happens, just like you said, especially somebody's biggest or even their first, they, they light up, they go nuts. You know, they light up their, their, their jittery. Um, some people don't know how to hold them. Some people get nervous if the fish shakes. So we're looking also to keep the fish not bouncing off the bottom of the boat. Um, but what I'll do is I, I, I depending on how you know the the comfort level of them, are you going to stand? Are you going to sit? Um, flash. One of my biggest tricks. This is a this is a pro tip. I've been I've been <laughs> meaning to tell people, but uh, flash on your camera will hurt you because you will hit flash on the camera and you can't see shit. Yep. It's pitch black. You don't know what you're taking a picture of. <laughs> lights from on the boat that I have running lights or my deck lights on the kind of sometimes distort the photo. You'll get a bluish hue from the deck lights or from the bow light. Uh, what I do is I go in, you get a, you know, a high, these phones nowadays, um, high quality cameras, man. And you go 4k video with flash on the video and you take pictures throughout the video. You now there's no, there's no guessing. Because we don't have a ton of time with these fish. We don't have, oh, let me go through the photo roll and, and look around. We have, we're on, you're holding the fish, let's go right to video, get you nice tight in, hold the fish out for me, and, and now we're just, we have a ton of photos. Huh, that is a pro tip. <laughs> I, I guess, I just yeah. did a little joke. But. No, no, that's something I hadn't thought of, you know? We, we yeah, don't... no, it's it's actually we came to we came to doing it because a lot of a lot of times I mean I mean sometimes you're in a rough conditions, but sometimes you're just in a normal rock. And on top of you know being with the boat rolling from side to side and a guy is holding it, it's just so different from from like you guys have been there with even big muskies or, or big any anything that's that's a really hard fish to to handle, 
when you have to hold a big fish like that out, uh, it's difficult to begin with. And now you're shaking in a boat and the person with the camera, he's all, you know, I'm all juiced up and you, you don't want to, this guy, this photo to him, to some of these people like me who, who's, you know, strictly catch and release. I put these things back. I love them. Um, you know, you, these are your memories. These are the moments, you know, some people put in hours upon hours, you know, or, or, or tons of money into catching that fish that that photo is what they have, you know? So when you put that flash on and you're running the, the video camera, you could have, there's a button on the side and you just click, boom. Now you've taken a photo, you know, you can move the camera around. Now they have a little video, they got the picture and you know, everybody's, everybody's happy, but we learned doing it because we were out there in the dark taking photos and some of them were blurry and you're going, Oh, this ain't good. Yeah. You got, you got to figure something out. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't go out there with a, you know, a camera crew with those big lights with the, you know, umbrella behind them. <laughs> you know, hold on while you vogue for me for a few minutes. No, we ain't got no time, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And Tolls is probably getting pissed at uh, blurry fit photos. Yeah, he'll, you know he's a big he's a big guy. I'm gonna have to really try to attack him if he comes after. Me. He's a big boy. Oh man! All right, so that's late August where you're doing it. Oh, one more thing I wanted to ask you: when you said you're fishing sure. the rips with the Clousers, are you sw- yeah. are you swinging them like dudes do for steelhead, or what? What's the tactic? Yeah, yeah, you're 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 swinging you're swinging and slow stripping. Um, you're casting, uh, you know, I, I, my, my, I really, I've come down in from rod weights. It was first a 10 weight rod. Then it was, okay, let's nine is the most versatile. And now the way that they make these eight weights, um, they're just, they're, they're awesome. And there's some eight weight rods out there that are just, they're no joke. Um, Talos actually put me onto that, uh, TFO mangrove. Um, it's, it's just a, a solid, solid eight weight rod that just won't break. A lot of times, especially with clients, you you know, you throw um, an $800, $900 sage. It's a phenomenal rod. Don't get me wrong. I love them, but they're very delicate. They're, they're not meant to hit the deck of the boat. They're, they're not meant to be cranked over when, you know, in a, in a massive current um, for, for a newbie. And you can, you know, get yourself in trouble quick, but yeah. So you're swinging, you're swinging this say on a, on a 300 grain, you know, line. Um, and as that's sinking, um, on an eight weight rod and as that's uh, swinging over the reef, you know, and it's sinking, it's doing this thing. These fish are staged up on the reef and they know that the fish are coming over the reef fast. So you don't have to have it touch the reef. You'll actually see them with the waters clear enough shooting up off the reef and, and blasting the fly. And it, it's pretty awesome. I'm full hard. I want to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you chew. You're out there and you go, no, there ain't no going back to regular life. I, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm checked out. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, too, because like my, my wife and I were talking about this earlier today about like saltwater fish. I said, you know, I'm not one of the people that I'm, I don't really care like to travel much. I have so much water here. That in order for me to travel more, I'm, I'm passing up opportunities to learn more here. But I will sacrifice exactly. all of that for striper, for saltwater striper. But like you mentioned earlier, I'm talking about the Cape and Montauk. And I'm overlooking like what you're talking about. And it's closer to us, <laughs> Connecticut, Block Island, getting into them areas. Obviously, you're hitting Montauk, but, you know, I mean, them are areas that are closer for people for us. You don't have to go to the Cape to get into this. 
No, you know, and that's, thank you for mentioning that. That's awesome. You know, that's one of those, exactly, exactly. You know, people find that the Cape, and don't get me wrong, are they famous for a reason? Yes, they are. I'm not taking anything away from them whatsoever. But there are times of the year where um, a place like Connecticut and other places along the coast, these other hidden gems, are just as productive. It was very funny, uh, just to, to that point, is this year we had a warm summer. Like I told you, we had a big class of fish come into the river. That's a big portion of my guiding year is, is fishing for river, you know, rivers are run striped bass. Now you're telling people when they're putting their boats away, guys are winterizing their boats in November. I'm not even taking my boat out until January 5th, you know, for a few months of maintenance because in December, we had so many bait fish in the river. We were having topwater eats in December. <laughs> Is every year like that? No. But when you call somebody and you say to them, dude, I, I just got a 30-inch straight bass topwater. It's December, you know, it's December 15th. They don't, they don't, they don't even believe it. They're looking at you like, what are you, nuts? That's crazy. You know, we have that type of magic that could happen. Okay, I can't get away, right? Trout season, um, you know, fall. That's the best smallie season for me. I'm out in the Midwest. I, you know, I'm not getting away to go, you know, maybe catch a straight bass and pay a guy to do it. Yeah, but you know what? What are you doing in December? So, December 25th, I took my cousin out. He caught two fish over 40 inches. On Christmas Day? Yeah, Christmas Christmas Day. Wow. So so really, in, in all reality, Arby stole the taglines from you because you really do have the meats there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we got the meats. Yeah, we're we're over here. We're over here trying to make it to Christmas to Christmas dinner without my mother getting ready to chop me in the neck. <laughs> and, and, and I got to tell the kid, buddy, we got to put these rods down. We got five minutes and do about you know sixty back to the dock. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where the fishery is that close and we can be into those spots that fast. And if you know where they are and what they're doing and what they're feeding on and you catch them at the right time of day, it, it, it it's it's super effective. That's you know, to that point again, um are they all that big? No, but you're hoping for one that big. You may catch, you know, 30 bass in one day on, in, in, in a in a good time of year you know you may catch 30 40 bass in one day you know between 16 and 27 inches but you're hoping for that one fish that's 35 40 you get a, a river straight bass on light tackle or a fly rod i mean any time of the month any time of the year i mean that's it's incredible absolutely nuts were you born with this much passion you know, <laughs> I guess you could tell. It's you are, man. No, it's it's infectious. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. I want to be in a boat with somebody like you every time. You know, my thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. You know what I tell people when they when they call me and I tell them about trips. It's fishing. It's difficult, but we're if we're not laughing and catching as many fish as possible, then there's no need to even be doing this. Don't even cut. Don't come. There's no need to be coming out with, uh, out here. Exactly. That's what we're here. That's what we're here to do. We're here to get get crazy. We're catching fish. I love yeah. it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it, it hit me. I've known this for a long time, and, uh, you know, that I just, I'm so passionate about anything. It's not just saltwater fishing. I'm a multi-species guy. Um, 
I love smallmouth. I love Esox. I love catching sturgeon. You take me anywhere. You, I want to go everywhere and anywhere and, and learn and catch them all. So, you know, the, the fish realm, I'm, I, you know, I'm interested in it all. I know a little bit about uh, a lot of things, you know, so if there's a guy that comes out and, you know, he wants to talk about smallie fishing or he wants to talk about, you know, catching gar, I mean, let's go, let's talk, you know, we could talk about it. I'm down. So I got a question for you. You, uh, you, you obviously know your fishery well. Have you traveled south and went to like the Chesapeake or North Carolina, South Carolina, chasing the the stripers and the albies? Great, yeah. I've actually, I've actually made it all the way down um, to the Chesapeake uh, uh, a few times, not much. And one of the things that I am starting actually this is awesome is this year I want to go and learn that. New Jersey, Southern New Jersey, Chesapeake, Carolina fishing bite. I really, I follow the migration, but I really want to get to where they, where they start and all the way to where they end. I kind of get them in the middle and I fish them all the way to where they, they end up in Maine. And, uh, you know, I've not really put a ton of time into that whole Chesapeake, uh, Virginia, Maryland area. And it's, it's very a cool fishery and it's a big, big fishery and there's a lot to learn. Um, but I have done it. It's very cool. I, I've been to the Virginia fishery a little bit and, uh, it, it's freaking awesome. Cause then you also have a chance to catch a cobia as well. Oh yeah. Tell, tell me about it. Oh. Is that a fish that you guys have up there? Do they come that far North? You know, we late in the late in the summer or late in the fall when or you know right before uh, fall hits and it gets warm, you'll get that um again that whole uh, Montauk Block Island Rhode Island thing Eastern Sound what we call that the the tropicals come in. You'll get the 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 amp the one guy got an amberjack the one guy got a cobia you know what one guy got a you know something something that you typically don't see up here you know we get um. You know, 10 miles off of Block Island, you'll get mahi. You know, they're not huge bull mahi, but you'll get them. You know, th- th- at a certain time of year when it's super warm and, it- and it's very short-lived. But uh, that's something that I'm looking to go down to Virginia and do this year that you brought up is sight fishing cobia on the fly. I mean, I am juiced up for that. I have some full-blown redneck relatives that have a tower in their boat and go fishing in Virginia all the time. Oh. I, I can put you in touch with them if you're uh, if you're down for redneck time. Absolutely, I'm down for anybody. Yeah, I hang I, I hang out with them all. Yeah, let's let's go. You want whatever you want to do, but <laughs> we'll get on the boat and have have some fun. It's something exactly. I really, really, truly do want to do. It doesn't have to be on the fly. I mean, if somebody tells me, hey, this is how we got to do it today, that's fine. But that whole sight fishing cobia in Virginia is that is epic to me. Yeah, that like I said, they just made a a big tower to to sight fish for them. So uh it's cool. I'm uh, Wow, how cool. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah, I'll I'll put you in touch with them. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely That's super a fish. interested. It's it, I when you brought it up, I said, "Oh, he, yeah, he knows about that cobia bite." It's it's getting it's getting out there. A lot of people are noticing that Virginia is is hot cobia in in a monster redfish area as well. Yes, oh. they they get into them in the springtime, like the big ones, the big red. They call them red dogs because oh, they, red they smoke yeah. marble reds as well. Oh, them cobias <laughs> are so good to eat, though, too. 
<laughs> yeah, those, you guys are great. Those uh, those red, those those big red dogs. Oh man, that's red that's dogs. a that's a fish. So, uh, hey, since we're getting a little haywire, you sure. just you just got back from a trip down in Florida. Yeah. So, uh, what what's the variety like down there? I saw you were holding a a clown knife fish. Yeah, the clown knife. Yeah, that's uh, that fish. I mean. <laughs> Florida, that's like that's like taking me to, to heaven. I don't need to go to everybody wants to go to heaven, not me. I want to <laughs> you stay right for- here, buddy. That Florida bite is that'll 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 make you I had a smile like a little kid for two weeks. I there's the the things that I explored. I've I've fished Florida in the past and have always um enjoyed it, you know, and have come up in it and, and it was always one of those draws to me. But in the last say five years since it's been like just fishing and you know, it's really been, you know, so big with me and, and really what I do um all the time. Florida is the place. One day I would like to share um half of my year, you know, in in Florida or some of the colder months here. You know, this seasonal I mean, you guys must deal with some serious cold and, and snow and, and it's tough to, you know, I ice fish a bit and, and I try to get through it. But if I could get down to Florida for, you know, a few months each year, you know, um, in the next 10 years, that would be really epic. Yeah, the cold yeah. sucks. February, we hate it. Range, January, it, February. It, it's, yeah, exactly. You know, guy, I mean, I don't know how you guys, some guys, people love it. It For me, it's. I just got back and yeah, we're going to talk all about that. That's awesome. Florida, but yeah, the cold, it's just, you, you go down to a place where you see pelicans and birds and life and you're going, wow, four or five months out of the year, six months out of my year, you know, it's just desolate trying to get by split in wood. You know, it's cold. You can't go outside. You're trying to tie flies. I mean, thank you guys so much for coming on tonight and just talking fishing in February. It's it's rainy and 35 degrees right now. We're just coming out of our winter thaw. But, you know, in New England, that could hit you back in the face anytime up mm-hmm. into May. And, uh, you know, it just it, it's tough. It's tough. And, and going down to Florida in January and being barefoot and catching Jack Creval on the fly mm-hmm. while a guy is throwing a popper and teasing him up for you. I mean, it's a no brainer. Do you ever foresee yourself taking a boat down there and and trying to guide down there on the second half of the season? Or is, uh, absolutely. Or is probably it just going to be personal? Yeah. Time? yeah, probably a dream of. Uh, a dream of mine to do, to do something like that. I, I don't think it's going to happen right away. And it's not something I would take lightly. I know those Florida guides, um, especially people that were born and raised there. Uh, they put a lot of time in and that that's a very, very, very serious fishery and intense and a lot, a lot to learn. All right. And speaking of the Jack Creval, tell, tell me about them. They're, they're very intriguing fish. I heard they pull like a freight train. They hit top water. Tell me, tell me everything about that fish, and yeah, what, that, what what can you relate it to from your fishery? My fishery to the jack. I mean, I'd have to say bluefish. You okay. know, that's really what we have. Um, but jack creval and blues, maybe at a certain size, jacks and blues. They obviously look very different, but um, you know, they're they're kind of similar in the fight at a certain size range. Say if they're both. Um, you know, uh, smaller, you know, a couple pounds, you know, each fish. But w- once that jack hits about five pounds, he outpulls anything, anything that we, anything that we have. It's, 
saltwater fishing in Florida. I mean, that's the that's the allure, right? That's why these guys. That's why people, you know, to go there. And it's funny because if you talk to um, people in Florida or guides, you know, jacks aren't their their mainstay. A lot of guys just drive right by them. You know, we we were out. I was out with a great captain and. You know, there was a bunch of boats going out. He said, oh, you know, what are these guys doing? There's a lot of boats, you know, kind of rigged up going, oh, you know, there's a sailfish tournament. They're just, you know, they're getting ready for it. You know, they're driving by, you know, 10-pound jacks, topwater. Like, you know, we, we don't even have time for that. Oh, but I, that? I don't want to hang out with those dudes. No. <laughs> I want the no, dudes that, that, that hit the jacks. It, it, dude, that's what I said. I looked at the guy. I go, dude, I want to catch jacks on the fly. I'm not looking to go. I've done all the guy trips in Florida. I've done all the, hey, here's 900. Let's go out for one shot at a bonefish, at, you know, at a permit. And there is something that is so epic and awesome and pure and amazing about that. But at the end of the day, if you're not holding that photo of the fish, you have to de- you have to talk to yourself off of a wall. <laughs> you know, we, we all know that day. You know, you're like, guy, oh man, this was this was uh, this was a tough one, buddy. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, you know what the jacks do? They bite the hook, and that to me is a lot of fun. <laughs> oh my! That that's worth the money. Oh, to me, for dollar for dollar, if you you had a guy that said, you know. Oh man, we could go out for, for one fee, you know, like that. Or, you know, it's, it's just such a different thing to do. I mean, to go land a a tarpon or a permit on the fly rod. I mean, in the Florida keys, that's you're up in the upper echelons and it's, it's amazing. And I've, I've done it and, you know, I've not, not gotten a big tarpon, but um, you know, it's, it's, you're getting yelled at. You know, I tell a lot of guys that too, are you prepared to get yelled at by the captain? You know, and that's one of my problems with, you know, guides in general, you know, I tell a guide now, it took me some time to come into my own and tell a guide, listen, I, I need the boat. You know, I want to go out and do this myself. If I had the boat, I would be able, I would want to go out and try to do this myself, catch jacks or do whatever it may be. But I, I, I need your experience and your boat. And you know what I come to terms with, if I miss the fish on the fly or I've made a mistake, I'm okay with it. You, you know, there's no need to yell. There's no need to get upset, you know, that, you know, because you know how hard it is to, you know, these guys know how hard it is to land that fish or that fish to bite the fly, and you may only have one shot. And, you know, I tell them it's it's okay. You know, I don't there's no need to yell here. You know, let's just let's just have fun and, and get it done. It, um, is that a Florida thing, or do you find people up in your neck of the woods are yellers as well? The guides. Yeah, well, you know, you some depending on where you are, we're very, very close to New York, so you do get that New York uh that's just how they talk. rhetoric. You know, where you could get a guy that's a, a bit of a you know, a, a bit, you know, hot and hard to handle. You know, we all grow up uh, Italian families and stuff around here. Everybody gets kooky. But, uh, you know, for me, I'm a different person, you know, on the water. I just I don't see it like that. You know, I just I don't. And I and, and really the reason I, I enjoy the guide is because I want to I want to make, you know, uh, an acquaintance with somebody and have them have a good time and, and talk back and, and back and forth. I, why would you want to pay all this money to have a guy tell you, you know, you, you suck or, you know, you didn't do this right or, or no good. You know, it's, no, it's not, it's not great. I pay mistresses for that. Not, <laughs> not guides. Your, your wife tells you all that stuff. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, how long have you been guiding for Pete? I've been guiding now for about, um, five years nice. and i got my uh 
I got my um, captain's license so that I could uh, guide on navigable water. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically the last three years have been uh, a really serious, um, really seriously building the business and guiding and uh, taking it to the next the next level. Um once I got my captain's license, I said, you know what? I wanted it for a lot of reasons um, to guide and, and charter a boat was one of them. And I said, you know what? Now that I have it, I should use it. And I and I like to meet new people and I like to be on the water. And, you know, what guiding really does is, you know, I'm an electrician by trade. And I, I've had a, you know, uh, so full-time job all the time. And, and guiding wasn't always easy to fit into that. But um, with the pandemic and take i work at a hospital and uh being able to to have that time off where they were having no construction being done uh it really pushed me into the realm of let's see if you could do this yeah and good for you last year was a huge year good for you still do you still electrician then some or you yeah no absolutely good. and uh and that's yeah. You come on the boat, you know. You want to catch a couple straight bass, and then need your kitchen rewired. <laughs> <laughs> your guy, yeah, so my man. <laughs> you you drop him off at the dock. Yeah, okay, here's your everything. Yeah, you got a hundred amp, or what do you got? What kind of service yeah. you running over yeah, there? Yeah, Any chance I can stop by? whatever it takes. <laughs> I got a local question for you. Sure. Yeah, you grew up. You're in that area. Do you listen to Howard Stern show? Oh, dude, yeah. So um, you're just like Richard new, Christie. He was yeah, a- <laughs> no. The, the new the new Howard is is turned down a bit for me. I kind of <laughs> like me. the uh, yeah you know, the old school Howard. The www. Yeah, WWNBC. <laughs> Big virus and all that stuff. Yeah, we go old school with Howard Stern, but uh, Richard Christie was uh, an electrician as well. Yeah, that's that's actually the funny thing you say. Yeah, I remember that night. I forgot that. Yeah, he was. Richard, I'm your father. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Richard. (laughs) It's your father. (laughs) These guys around the table aren't like that kind of Howard Stern fan, but oh my God, I love Richard's dad. (laughs) Yeah, Richard, Richard's dad is, is great. Me and, um, your uh your your boy over there, Pogo Pike, you guys, Steve, I call him every, no, knows him as Pogo Pike. Um, me and him, uh, I'll send you. Uh, I'll send one of you guys over the video. We made a little, uh, a little video about uh, Skit, uh, Richard's father, while we were on the water. <laughs> it's a little R-rated, so we can't go over it now. But you guys find a chuckle in it. They'll, they'll be our personal time. Now, Pogo is telling us. I mean, he obviously went through and got his captain's license. It was pretty, it was pretty in depth. How was your take on it? Was it obviously not uh, a cakewalk? But it, was it was it pretty yeah, tough? No, it's it is not a cakewalk. Uh, me and Steve took the took the test together we we went through the class together and uh we studied he came down and stood with me for about a week while we took the while we took the um the schooling and so there were no shenanigans with you and richard for or with you and steven for a week (laughs) yeah me me steven richard's father that was was a fun time (laughs) so i had a few flies in that one um yeah <laughs> but yeah, it was uh the most intense seven days I've had in a long time. I mean, I've taken my uh, electrical, you know, exam for electrical flights. That's a three-hour test. It's it's a pretty serious test, and the captain's exam is every bit of that 
nail biting time. I've heard guys mention to me, oh, it's captains in a box and, you know, you just get it. And oh, next year, you know, I'm going to stop smoking weed so I could, you know, I could get my captain's test. It, it's it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more than that. Those tests are no joke. And we were studying, you know, nightly. Uh, there's a lot of math involved, uh, chart plotting. Um, you got to pass a piss know. test to get a captain's license. What's that? So you got to pass a piss test to get a captain's license. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, no, you got to do No wonder why you guys are struggling like, yeah, on them you know, tests. You, when you walk in there, um, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you got to do to get it. You got to get the Can you study channel. properly but, without a gentleman's break? Yeah, a little gentleman's <laughs> break. Yeah, Steve told you about the old That's gentleman. A, yeah, how do you yeah. study without that? Oh, buddy. It helps. I'm that gentleman helps. friendly. You want to be on, yeah, you want to come on the boat and, uh, you know, you want to have a, a gentleman's break, have one, two, you know, be a gentleman the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking gentleman. <laughs> Don't bother me, baby. As long as the fish are biting, I, I say go ahead. It always helps when, when I guess on all the answers. I just go in there, <laughs> go in there a little elevated and make better guesses. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So so, what else, man? I uh, I mean, you're you're ultimately a hell of a fishery guy. I see the big topwater pictures, and I'm like, oh, there's a cow, another cow, and it's always giants in the cold, cold weather. So, how what's the temperatures like when you fish in December up there on on the water? Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, um, uh, cold. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things where we're uh, shooting about six, seven miles upriver, where these fish are starting to hold over for the. Uh, for the uh, for the winter, they get into some big deeper water up up in the river, and uh, they you, you know they, they they sit up there for a bunch of months. And when you want to fish them up there, it's a cold ride up. You know, there's a lot of days where I go it alone to be on the water to know where they have moved. You know, they're moving throughout the river system in big schools, big numbers of them, and there's days where you're, you know, you're, Oh, I didn't bring hot hands today. I'm in, I'm in trouble. Cause it's, it's that cold, you know, it's, Oh yeah. It, driving it, for know, sure. It's not, it, it's not 45. We, we get, you know, Southern Connecticut, we get, you know, a prolonged fall, you know, they, I can't lie. You know, some days in November are decent, you know, where you go out and you go, this isn't, this isn't too bad. But once you start getting into anywhere in the Northeast, you know, that, that far up is, you know, mid-December, you know, it's, it's 30, you know, we've been out with, you know, a little ice, ice on the tip. So it ain't, uh, you know, it ain't, it ain't for the faint of heart for, for sure. Well, it surely isn't the easiest fly fishing weather when it's, you know, no, below freezing. No, it's, and... it's, it's not, it's where it, the bite slows way down. You know, it's not that aggressive strip, 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 or, you know, you could reel a little bit faster. Everything is very, very slow, but, um, the fish are, the fish are there and, and it happens really kind of, uh, you know, fast. They'll come in, in October, you know, through uh, the end of November, you know, Thanksgiving could be a phenomenal time, you know, phenomenal bite where, where we're located and you're, you're fishing them, you know, not, you know, I wouldn't say wouldn't say super slow crawling i mean you're not you know dropping top waters across the you know the river all the time but you know you're kind of getting it down into the zone and and reeling a little bit and and they're 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 there but within that couple of weeks when that water temp say gets below you know 47 you know you're getting into the low 40s 
those fish are they're slowing themselves down you know and they're not gonna you know they're not gonna be as aggressive to the fly or 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 spin gear for that matter so i got another off the wall question for you pete sure sure i we've had a couple striper guys on the on the show um but you seem like the most versatile person who who's caught the most like variety of fish Mm -hmm. Do do you ever catch a hybrid striped bass Oh yeah, those wipers downside. They have them in. I've never, I've never gotten, I've never caught in one. No, I haven't. I've, I've, I've been in areas where, uh, matter of fact, when I was just down in Florida, I know I kind of got off the subject of that a little bit with you guys, but with the clown knife and stuff, the, uh, the lake that I was fishing in Florida had them, and that was the one fish I didn't catch that day. It was one. It was funny because the, the person that I knew that took me was like, "Oh, watch, you'll, you'll catch one," you know, down here, just because you're the, you know, striper person. But I, but I didn't. No. Okay. Well, then never mind. I'm not even going to ask. I was going to see what, no, okay. what the difference in the, the fish was fighting wise or from, from what I've heard, you know, the bigger ones are definitely, are, are definitely, um, you know, really special. Uh, you guys know, uh, Dave Huff, right? Wolf rods. Yeah. I mean, Wolf we, rods. we have the hybrids around here. We just don't have the, oh, okay. the real deal so you, stripers. You, what, <laughs> what size do they get around there? Uh, Jace. 18 pounds, biggest out of the river. I mean, yeah, upwards. Okay, that's but... still a nice, nice fish, man, anywhere. You well, know, that's, length... that's like those guys that are like, you know, it's not a steelhead if it's, you know, not on the, the West Coast coming out of the ocean. I mean, yeah, it might not be, but it's what I got in my backyard. It's 18 pounds and pulls the hook. I mean, since We don't base it... ours on length, though. It, yeah. A big fish would be bigger body. You know what I'm saying? They grow it, as it, tall as they do long. Yeah, they, you wouldn't say, oh, I got a. 40 incher and that would be considered large class you if you said a 30 incher people's eyes would get big if you they really knew what caliber of fish because the the body stacks up you know what i'm saying sure yeah are, I, i've noticed that they kind of grow wide you know with the, with the shoulders and the big round big round belly as opposed to long yes that's on the upper echelon the average is like a five maybe six pound fish you know if you get an eight to ten pound that's good you'll see a couple of years that's that are our, maybe that's our schoolie. yeah you, that, you know yeah. you'll see ones that a are four you know, or five's a schoolie you get us. a 12 to 14 you know what i mean we, if you get luckier and, and jace has caught some real monster giants out of the river but you know just getting luckier oh, on bigger fish is yeah, spending that's, time that's but, cool they have the uh that's how you tell right they have the broken up pattern right their stripes are oh yeah or distorted i believe yeah, it kind of looks like digicam yeah, Digicam, absolutely. Yeah, they have that. It's cool patterning, dude. I mean, I would, I, I if I'm ever out there, I would, I would definitely go and do it just to to get one. I would love to catch one, especially, you know, on the fly. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't. It, I it's don't like a and, blow uh, up a every time. For my knowing the lakes, how they follow the, the bait balls and stuff like that, and uh, that's kind of how they target them. But in the river, it must be awesome. Yeah, it's a blow up every time. <laughs> to bait bust every time on your fly. That's awesome. Back to your fishery. Is there any time in the year where you get to throw crab flies and do some sight fishing for the stripers? Oh yeah, we have a few um, locally, a few spots where you could do that. Very few, and that brings you to why you know the Cape um, and Martha's Vineyard. Th- those places are so special. That's those flats where you could throw those little sand crabs and watch them sip them off the floor like a like a bonefish. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. Epic. I'm back to full hard. Yeah, that stuff is you know that stuff's um it was funny we were talking about that the other day with somebody that stuff's a lot of a lot of fun and also a lot of work you do 20 miles walking on the sand flat you're like oh i mean but you catch one fish and you get to see him like inhale the crab it's it's 
you know, it made your whole day. It's, you know, you guys know. Well, it's can, awesome. Can you put a boat up and pull them, pull it around for them? You can, there, you you can, there's guys that, there's guys that pull their, their boats to do it. It's a very cool thing because obviously, right. It's so different. It's not, you know, South Florida. So, you know, to be able to do that all the way out in, uh, in new England, um, it's just huge. And, uh, you know, that, that's, it's just a, it's just a really cool thing. So, you know, I, around here, um, locally on my water, we have one or two spots that are very secret, very, you know, uh, it's very time dependent, water clarity dependent, weather dependent, and you can get it done that way. But it's one of those, you know, kind of once in a lifetime things. So if you have someone booked for that day, like yes. the, the perfect day, will you take them there? Yeah, we would have the, you know, we have a, a have little talk. conversation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have a little conversation in the, uh, in the, in the morning, you know, or in the, the night before, what do you, you know, what do you want to do? You know, that's a big thing. What I asked when they, when they call on there, you know, and they're asking me, well, what is it that we do? You know, um, you know, you could go out and target these fish in the morning, you know, people go, Oh, let's get out for five at five in the morning, you know, and, and fish till, till 10. Okay. Or a four hour trip or whatever in, in, in that realm, you know, five to nine or whatever around there. You know, those fish are eating at dusk. You know, they are. They're coming off of their night shift, and you may get some really nice dusk photos with fish, but they start, you know, they kind of dry up as soon as the sun comes out. Stripers are not high sun, you know, fish. They don't, they, that's not what they do um, at, at most times of the year, you know? So when I talk to a guy, I tell him, you know, we could do that, or you could come out with me, which is so different for a lot of people, especially up this way, is, do you want to get out there at 536? We'll fish a monster dusk bite and then we'll go throw topwater poppers along a you know a marsh line for you know pigs at night. It, it, you know, some guy is like he has to buy into that, but you know, once you once you see what that that could do to you, it, it changes. It turns you into Pete Romano. <laughs> the, yeah. the night I've, fishing yeah, guy. I've had guys where they've come out the first night and 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 in the first five minutes they've already uh you know looked at me with a tear in their eye and I knew that you know that the question was was coming. So Pete, you know, I'm leaving my wife and selling the house and uh, <laughs> you know can I come and do this for you every night? And I go absolutely. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> Oh, my, my girlfriend, uh, she's a saint. You Bless know, her she's, soul. <laughs> she, I've been with her 10 years, and the the stuff that I've done, the, the hours of the night that I've come in, and it's, <clears throat> I, I don't know how she stays with me. <laughs> she's a goddamn really saint. Don't. So, hey, Pete, we've had you on the phone for like an hour and a half. Is oh, there, my God. I know, it just fl- <laughs> it flies by. Um, is it there, does. Is there anything that we haven't hit on that you want to touch on, bud? Oh man. Um, no, you know, no, no, not, not so much except, um, you know, maybe a little, uh, like, uh, you know, go check out, uh, Captain Pete on, uh, Instagram, yes, Captain yep. Pete 613. And, uh, my website's on there. It's, uh, off of, uh, Wix.com. I, I just, uh, changed it up a bit. Just a simple website because it's just easier to call me. Um, where, where I fish, the things are changing all the time. So there's really no set trips. It could always be different. Um, and we could cater it to whatever you want to do. You know, do you want to take, you know, uh, kids out? Do you want to go yourself? Do you want to go at night during the day? What do you want to target? How do you want to target them? Um, 
were super versatile at doing that. So, yeah, just that's about it. I mean, that, that was crazy. An hour and a half. Oh, that was awesome. I know. Is that the best way to get a hold of you is through Instagram or through your website or? Yeah, both so, social media is great. Um, I have my card up on there. Uh, you could you, my phone number. You could call me. Instagram is probably my biggest, uh, you know, my biggest hub for to to get in touch with me. Um, I really put the website up there, uh, just for some people, you know, to click on and and kind of see a little bit more about, you know, just what we do. Some of the, you know, a little fish porn on there. You know, a couple albies and and, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, getting uh getting in touch with me. You can message me through Instagram. You could call Facebook. Um, I'm usually up all the time, really. So, you know, you could, I'll, I answer pretty quick. We couldn't tell you with this, uh, with this amount of energy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I know I get a little, I tried to, uh, uh, tried to reel it in, but you guys were asking some great no, questions. You're getting no me going. need to reel that was, in. That was awesome. No, that was great. Don't reel it in. Don't Absolutely be sorry. Not. This is, this is what we're about. That's man. why we're doing this. Cause we all got the passion for it too. That's so cool. And I, I mean, you know what I should add? Yeah. Just meeting guys like yourselves and other people that like love this so much, you know, it's like in just in your core where you just, you know, p other people just don't understand it. And I think that's what's so cool about any hobby or sport is that the people that you get to meet and, and just in gel with and folks that you would never, you know, never meet any other way. You know, I probably, I would never meet you guys any other way, but through something like this, you meet them and then you just, you bond on a different level. And it's, it's that sharing that passion is just so huge, man. It's, it's really cool. And it's just a fun, fun thing to do. And what you guys do, I, I listen to a bunch of these throughout the year, oh, we're um, sorry. especially in the winter to get through that seasonal depression. It's great. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, the seasonal depression is rough and it, I'll tell you what, it's hard doing this show when we're not actually catching fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the content yeah. is lacking, man. <laughs> there, there's a lot of poop stories, and I got a, another bodily function story after we, we hang up with you, but it's it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's It, it ain't easy. You know, it's like if you're stuck in the house and you're used to, you know, thinking – I mean, I, I go on, you know, I try to go on foot in the winter sometimes or freezing that just to get out there to, to get through it. And that's where those those warmer climates, uh, you know, come down. But I'd love to have any of you guys ever in New England. You come out, you hit me up any time. I'm, I'm available. I'll be that's there for doing. sure. Definitely. If, it, if it's not this year, it'll definitely be next year. But within this or next year, I'm definitely making my way up for stripers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun, you know, where we're kind of located, we're not out in the middle of nowhere, so the amenities are around, um, first class hotels, eatery, food's huge here in Connecticut, um, you're close to New York, so, you, you know, you come up, there's a lot to do um, uh, sightseeing-wise and, and hanging out-wise. You have us mistaken. How about dive bars and roach motels? I got that for you, too, buddy. All you got to do is travel 40 minutes north. You can get all the no teeth you want. Well, in, in three weeks, we're going to be expecting some uh, some photos coming out of you here when you get out there and start your season up, man. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm going to try, I'm gonna try my, my, my best here. I think in about three weeks, we're going to have a uh, big-time uh, water spike, a couple of degrees, and it's going to get – it's going to get on and uh it really should start uh kick spring off right and uh just doing this show before the uh before the spring run is just a, it's just going to juice me up it's a lot of fun and thank you again for having me big green grill this is the largest high performance ceramic cooker available peter nsf certified oh yeah cool i'm starving when do we when do we fire this thing up <laughs> fire this thing up get a lot of this guy you don't just fire it up 
you slowly bring it to temperature. <sighs> okay, when do we put the burgers on? B burgers? Are you hearing this? You don't put burgers on a grill of this quality, Peter. I've been brining a heritage breed chicken for three days. <sighs> then can we put that on? Yes, at midnight when it's reached temperature. Then why am I here now? Because I need your help to move the grill a single inch. <sighs> <sighs> Well, let's just listen to music on my high-end stereo system. Nice. Let's crank it. <laughs> crank it? You hear this, clown? I only use it to listen to podcasts. Today on The Moth, how a single pair of shoes reunited two sisters. Okay, guys. Yeah, it's fucking are. you, Chad. No, so that this is... Th that's gotta be new, because I never heard that. This is what we call a segue, because our good friend Derek Smith sent me that clip today. He's like, this is... Totally you. And you missed fly tying night on Friday. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is me. I'm Quagmire. Giggity, giggity. And I did. I'm sorry. Three Hail Marys. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> you did miss tying night. And it was a good one. That's what I heard. I heard uh, we had a pretty good You're turnout. A good one. Yep. Yeah, it was. It was a good turnout. About, about a dozen guys this time. Yeah. A lot of flies being tied. Yeah, there were. Uh Tim, Tim, the kid, the guy I work with, his cousin came out. He was tying dry flies on one end of the table, which is, you know, that's cool. That's not our thing, but it's still cool. He was there having fun, drinking beers, all hanging out, talking, fishing, regardless of what it was, you know, just having fun. And, uh, you know, I won't tie a dry fly, but I mean. You can't I, cast I one either. You no, no, I, no, I can cast them. I just can't catch fish on them. Uh, I'm going to just buy them. And when I buy them, I'll just put them in the box and I keep them until next time I need to use a dry fly. So, I don't know. Not, you know, but he just started tying a few months ago. And, hey, come out and hang out. Have beers. It, it gives you another reason to tie and hang out and have beers and hang out with new people. Does Tim fish? Oh, uh, he does. He, go, he goes up the pens with that cousin. And they f catch all kinds of trout, you know. And Did you at least, like, put them on to, like, a little mini zonker or something? Well, You'd he be like, oh, here, here he you go, bro. Fishing. He saw the boxes. And tell him, tell him, this is the trout killer. You know, you could throw him this, the couple sculpins. That's your favorite. He likes watching them come up and eat and the hatches, and he's reeling in and knowing what the hatch is and this and that. You know, and that's cool. That's there's something to that. Everyone has something different. Yeah, and that's fine. And and it has, it's it's cool for us to get to hang out. And and if it, you're the way you fish for them or is different than what we'll do most of the time or what we like to do most of the time, which is more warm water than anything, but. You know, I like to run a hopper dropper, a dry dropper now and again, too. And it's fun to talk. You know, it was it was fun to have a couple new faces and all the normal, you know, normal faces were there. You know, I had to apologize to Derek for last time when I was there because I was <laughs> a total asshole. But were you, you know. just as loud and vulgar? No, to, I wasn't. To was I, Mark? <laughs> no, this time definitely was not. No, I so, tied. I tied one of the best game changers I've tied. So is it me that feeds into you to be that like that? I don't know. No, it just <laughs> it was just a hair up your ass. No, we just took night. a little easy. Didn't drink as many beers at work before we went and uh. sat at the house for a second. I grabbed a quick shower and grabbed my shit, and we all left. Came up there. Dad stopped up. Yeah, your dad uh, sent me a video. Michael, Michael mm -hmm. tied a nice fly too. Did. He tied yeah. a few flies. Yeah. Was he tying deceivers again? Yeah. Cool, yeah. cool man. He's getting that thing down. Mm -hmm. Is does he only tie once a month? That's it. That's it. Yep. I need to get him over a little bit more to do it, but his box got to be getting pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. Derek. No pun intended. Derek 
put a few nice flies out. He Derek's did. getting a lot better at everything. It seems like his flies are just they're right on point now. They're 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 mark mark right on just right under marks. <laughs> they're almost perfect. Mark tested, mark approved. Yeah. <laughs> Three years and a couple thousand later, we can talk. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But no, it's his. You know what I mean? Is he's getting there? You taught him well and about using deer hair, and it shows in the flies. He's definitely got him down. He's getting yeah. They're 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 effective. He's doing what he needs yeah. to do with them. They're exactly. fishing well. Did you make it out on Friday, Jace? I called Jason. He's like, I'm at fly tying night. I was like, I didn't even know he had them. <laughs> fucking COVID out here, and you fucking guys are having fly tying night. Yeah, we all wear a mask, or we, and we have like 17 tables, so everybody has their own table. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know you're tying flies. I'm like, oh, whatever, whatever. It's ice fishing season for me. I don't fuck if unless they're giving away free money, don't call me. Or you can call me, and hopefully it's to go with me. <laughs> to, to, to somebody could, you know, l- like pull the rope when I fall in or something. <laughs> yeah, nah, man, I've been fishing hard, dude. I I haven't blinked or did anything different. Kid made it, only had to miss a couple of days of school for the, you know, the, the life I lead. Hey, kid, you're not going to school. <laughs> Why? I'm going to Erie Ice Fishing. <laughs> Things like that, but. You know, didn't miss no basketball, so that's even more important than school, right? Booyah. Yeah, no, nah, it's crazy, man. I mean, my, my kid is, is no athlete, late, I wouldn't say late bloomer, but I don't instill the, you know, the toughness that we had to endure as a kid, like, get your ass beat. For, well, yeah, for the you, ass beat you but got, you, had you know, an older brother who used to whoop your ass. Yeah, all the time. well, I mean, we passed it around pretty good. We played rough, but my kids, no, I think. Oh no, your brother just whooped your ass all the time, dude. I, kids are well. You, I had a little sister to race. I had a little sister to beat. He hit Jason in the face with a wooden fucking swing one time, man. Oh, it's all these stitches <laughs> <laughs> right in the face, dude. But, bleeding everywhere, dude. I was wait, watching. He I didn't was, straighten that thing out. That's not normal. <laughs> Wait, that's watching. not normal for your brother to do? Man, I watched, I watched you eat your own fucking knee trying to chase him down one day. Oh, man. And eat no, your fucking knee like, no, like he your caught whole face. Me. Yeah, yeah, I got fucked up a few times. But that's part <laughs> That's part of being in a family with a brother. With a bigger brother, with love. yeah. But, uh, no, my kids aren't rough and tumble like I was, you know. I, I was, I, so I don't push, and, and there's... Yeah, we want to win. I'm a winner. I goddamn, I I hate losing, so I'll I'll keep trying and and eventually get there. And hopefully that's their sense at it. Take your own own stuff. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is your chance to get a. You know, this is how it all worked when I was a kid. You got into sports like other people's dads give you rides, or you know, you the coach would could give you a ride home. Like you met people, you associated, and you built that that there that because that's important you know what i mean you remember or you know what i remember the most about minor league baseball was riding in the bed of my coach's pickup truck from the baseball field to dairy queen with with the rest of the team like through the middle of town absolutely and and what were you getting some winner ice cream or or loser ice cream winner ice cream yeah you never got loser ice cream bro no the hell out of here no No. now you get ice cream for everything you get loser broccoli (laughs) you get loser bubble gum at the concession stand get the hell out of here (laughs) absolutely yeah dude uh my son has never been on the road in the bed of a pickup truck I let my no. kid. I let my kids do but it. We all were. Yeah, I remember Dude. doing donuts in my uncle Sheep's donuts <laughs> in the bed of my uncle Sheep's pickup truck in Ryer's parking lot while the sun was up. Listen, my cousin Christopher and I were in the bed of the truck doing donuts. 
Dude, you know, what's it? Uh, in January. What's the, the seat that the kids all sit in? Like a booster seat? You know what a fucking booster seat was when I was a kid? It was the middle seat. It was like the, the armrest. No, the armrest of, yeah. a ni- of a 1988 Delta old Delta 88 or whatever. No a fucking, fucking seat belt. shit box. Fucking dude, giant, just giant metal fucking vehicles that just could crash into anything and would just smash them. So when we're talking about our kids being pussies, can I tell my... <laughs> sure. No, they're not pussies. They're, they're just not... They're not... No, they're can, not there yet. Can bro. I tell my story? We didn't know fucking telephones. Yeah. So I know. My son cannot hold sugar. He can't hold sugar. And so, you fed it. So, so yesterday we went up to Northeast and there was a... It was All raining. Right. Dude, did you... I, I have to ask, like, and I was going to go up there with you, but it just didn't seem like it was going to be a great weekend to go up there and go to try to snowboard. We canceled snowboarding because of the, the rain. Yeah, so I we went, figured. We went into the town of Northeast and walked around. My cousin Chris and I bought cigars. Sweet. And we went to the uh, the candy shop. It's called Pennies. Everything they say is a penny, but nothing is actually a penny, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> we went there, and my son was like, Dad, how much can I how much can I get? I said, um, you can kind of go hog wild, but not really hog wild. You know, just just go a little hog wild. He said, okay, ten bucks. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I I end up buying everybody's candy, all the kids' candy. It was like mm-hmm. thirty three bucks. Oh, there you go. So it wasn't bad, but my son had a a paper bag, like the paper bag you get from the Shannon Creek Fly Shop, full of candy. Oh, that reminds me of being a kid. Yeah, so. He held on to it like it was his first condom. Walked around the town of the Northeast, white-knuckled. That candy wasn't going anywhere. And we got back to the house, and we were just kind of hanging out because uh, tubing didn't start till 8 p.m. And my son ate the whole fucking bag. <laughs> the whole bag. For dinner. Uh, Instead of dinner. No, 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 because Ashley made him eat dinner on top of all of this sugar. She finish said, you, your food. You have to finish that cheeseburger. So that just adds a, a little bit Fuel more. Fuel to his fire. I just almost, I just almost, <laughs> I know. beer's in my nose right now. This I, is great. That burns so bad. You're telling the story well, Chad. I'm, so, I'm laughing uh, my sack off. So Ashley said, you have to eat that whole hamburger. And then he ate the whole hamburger. He made a happy plate. He did good, you know. <coughs> and then we ended up going up to Peak and Peak, which it was 20 minutes from where we were. It, it was awesome. And we saw two fights while we were in line. One lady was yelling at someone for not wearing a mask. Like she, UFC? Huh? Like UFC? Like um, bum fights. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Even better. Okay, keep going. So one lady was yelling at someone for being uh, not wearing a mask in line. He's like, we're fucking outside. She's like, I'm a fucking vet. And then someone says she's drunk. And he's like, I'm not drunk. I can smell you. And then she ran out of line and ran to the back of the line when security came. And then security found her at the back of the line. And they they took her out. And then once we got in. So she was a vet. The old drunk vet. She was a vet and drunk. <laughs> the old drunk vet got tossed. Okay. Yeah. So cool. then Perfect. once we got in, we made one trip down the hill. And nobody broke their foot this time. But uh, we were, they have like an elevator that goes up the hill, and we were looking, and there's someone slamming someone else's head off an ice block <laughs> at the end of the line. I was like, holy shit, no, look at that. <laughs> so that, They must have been friends. 
I don't think so. They had to have known each other. If they were friends, they're not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's kind of intimate when you're doing that to people you don't know. Yeah, like that's something like you or I would do with each other, Chad. Smash each other's heads off an ice block. My my cousin Megan was like, that bitch was slamming her head off that ice block hard. Oh, so it was a cat fight. Oh, that made it even better. What I saw was just jackets rolling on on the snow. I couldn't really tell what was going oh, on. Oh, dude. But, so, so, oh, man. I, I want to say something, like, but I, 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 I probably get hit called the podcast, so I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we, we paid for two hours. We made it exactly one hour and five minutes. And my son was like, can I be done? I said, let's go one more time because I was done 10 minutes ago. You know, <laughs> I, I'm struggling through tonight, bro. It, it's, it wore me out. Cause pushing, like, cause we linked like five sleds together, and I was the only dude, like the only like adult, and slid five sleds or five tubes down the hill. So it was like the ear reunion when you jumped on the fucking uh, down the mud slide and or the slide, the big slick and slide with all the kids, and yeah, yeah, you were yeah. sore for like six days after that, like somebody beat the shit out of you. I was sore till the next podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's cool. how I judge time. Yeah, but uh, good times. So you know we did that, and then. We made it back to the house, and then we were, you know, playing cards, doing like we do, and my wife and I, we're, we're lame. We made it till twelve thirty and said, "See you guys. We're going to sleep." And my son had still been awake this whole time, like hanging out with us. Because he's jacked up on he's but, jacked oh, up on he's Mountain wild. Dew, yeah, jacked <laughs> up on Mountain on Dew, bag, yeah, on that bag of down the bag of candy. So we go downstairs and we uh. We all lay in the same bed, and I forgot my, my Bill Cosby mask the first night. My wife brought it for me because she's a great lady. So I put my Bill Cosby mask on, and I'm, boom, out, you know, just like I ate some roofies. And <laughs> this is what I do to Chad when we go out. And He loves it. I was out until 425. At 425, I heard, and uh, what the? Boom! It hit me right in the back of the head. I said, like, oh my God. And if nobody has seen me, I haven't got a haircut or trimmed my beard since October. He looks it's, fucking worse. I look homeless. Yes, you do. But. <laughs> yeah, you it, do. It matted the back of my head. It was like all mucus and sugar and cheeseburger. Like, <laughs> oh, in my hair. The chunks of burger had to really make it stick out good. Oh my God. I. I went like this, and I pulled a piece of bun out of my hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like a cartoon, That's, like oh. a Sunday comic. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> but, you know, it's 425 in the morning. Oh. And we're like, oh, my son. Dude, you just rolled over and kept sleeping, didn't you? I know you. No, no, I got up. Oh, my God. Because I had to take my pillow, and my wife cleaned it off because it had, like, a big puke stain on it. Oh, no, shit. And... I was like, ah. So I turned the shower on. And 10 minutes later, 4.35, it still hadn't gotten warm. It was cold. I was like, oh, God. Fucking shower. So God damn it. <laughs> so I just stuck my head under there and wiped some puke off. And then I was like, uh, all right. I walked back in. I was like, Ashley, you, you got him? Because I'm done. I'm, I'm, back. I'm going back to sleep. That Bill Cosby mask hit me good. And I walked in. And if anyone has seen the Bill Cosby mask... There's straps on the back of it. <laughs> yeah, they were covered in puke too. Oh. 
<laughs> so I had to take that back in, get that cleaned off. I was like, oh, my God. This is the never-ending puke. But when I, I washed my hair, there's no shampoo there. We, we planned to be there for one night. So we didn't take shampoo. I was like, so I just rinsed it out. And I had to have puke in my hair until this, this afternoon when I got home. My wife's like, let's go take a nap. I said, no, I got to get this out of me. Like, uh, like I the whole ride home, I was like, oh, I got bugs in me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, here, here's a piece of cheese. Oh, Cooper Jesus. cheese. Oh, right Jesus. <laughs> that is fucking nasty shit, dude. So uh, let's bring that back around to everybody else. When was the last time you guys got puked on? <coughs> I man. I mean, I guess would, if we we're going to just talk, probably just when... Ah, uh, I don't know. It had to have been when Macy was little. Ten yeah. years or more. That's Fuck what I you said. guys. Like, this is the baby. I puked on myself last, okay? You fucking pussies. Well, I've done that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I've, I've done excluding. that. Excluding. Oh, I've seen I you, puked Mark. on by somebody else. <laughs> I threw up on myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark need a bib. <laughs> I threw up that one. Nah, I mean, you were hurting one day. Oh. <laughs> there's a couple of them. Listen, yeah, a couple man, of them. There's fucking pictures of me where I laid face down. I was praying, okay? <laughs> praying I fucking made it, all right? So, I, I don't know. I've, I've thrown up on myself like once a week. When when I brush my teeth, I always like, get it all over me. Mm. That's sick. Aggressive brushing. But that's uh, not like vomit-induced or sugar-induced. No, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I'll give a good dry heave in the morning if I, you know, I've had a good drinking the night before, and I'm brushing my teeth in the morning. My wife will usually walk past the, you know, bathroom and hear me, you know, in there, and yeah, oh yeah, sure, sure. So back BA, I had a another girlfriend, and uh, we went and did the, the BA. G- yeah, BA. We did a Geneva on the Lake tour. Oh, and, oh, and we drank the monster crawl. We drank wine and wine and wine and more wine, all red wine. And uh, you know, we hopped back in her car because she was semi responsible. She was an older lady, and <laughs> you always did like older ladies, Chad. And I fell asleep on the way home. <sighs> I woke up on Mitchell Road. I could see the water tower. I woke up and I threw up on the inside of her passenger <laughs> door. <laughs> uh, she was, that's that's why, you know. Why it didn't work out? Yeah, that might be one of the reasons. Fucking loser. <laughs> oh, I've had chocolate cake. Grow up, Chad. Grow time. up. <laughs> the worst. The Almost worst. had some pussy, huh? <laughs> Almost. You're, you're at the water tower. Ruined on, it. If you just puked out the window. I know. Should have been like, hold on, I got to spit. <laughs> and then and then hung your head out the window the rest of the ride, right? Oh, been purple spit because it was purple puke. <laughs> you didn't have to clean it up, uh, though, I remember right? the first rep your yes. water shirt I ever got. I thought I puked into the garbage bag. I puked in a laundry basket right on top of that shirt. <laughs> My wife was fast to ruin everything in that bag. That was a wine night. Here's a funny one for you, Jay. Do you remember going to see Trapped over at Struthers Fieldhouse? Mm, yes. Trapped, Finger Eleven, and someone else. Um, I bought a t-shirt at that show and came home, and uh, we always used to have a laundry hamper out in the uh, laundry room out here mm-hmm. and throw dirty clothes in that. So I threw my, I took my trap shirt off, threw it into the laundry hamper, like the day we bought that shirt. And uh, for some reason, my mom had a garbage can Full of bleach, like soaking where the laundry hamper normally was. 
had that shirt for one day. <laughs> threw it in a tub of I threw of it in bleach. a tub of bleach. Wow. <laughs> memory. Oh, remember uh, that. No, I remember going to, well, I kind of remember going to Ludacris. <laughs> but I really all I remember is looking hanging at by a trash can and hanging out and puking in a trash can until I almost got arrested and going to jail that night. That's uh, all for an underage drinking. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember you guys waking me up and then I got to see a little bit of Ludacris. That can't, was a fun show. I can't think. be shy. It, it was the worst show I've ever seen, but it was fun. Like I had fun with you guys. <laughs> yeah, we had fun together. Yeah, we were we were obviously not in a good way. Or I wasn't at least. We weren't grown ups. <laughs> no, we were young. We were young. No, we were old enough, just not grown ups. <laughs> no. So that was uh, that was probably damn near fifteen years ago. No, it was closer to twenty, I bet. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, probably closer to twenty than fifteen. <laughs> okay. Okay. Easy. Jay, we've graduated high school nineteen years ago. I, uh, dude, I want to stop thinking about it, man. <laughs> I'm seriously. I don't. I'm. I'm starting to have like some really uh, serious issues with all my getting older. Thirty really affected me. It really, really no, affected me. I think forty. I think forty will be fine. No, I think looking forty down the barrel is a lot worse for me. I, I, Thirty didn't matter. Forty. Wow, I'm, I'm terrified. I, I hate it. One of my best friends growing <laughs> up, like my cousin, he his birthday was this week. That's why we went to Northeast. And he turned 41. I was like, oh, my God. Where the fuck did half his life go? <laughs> I know. It's going it's quick. going quick. Yeah. So, Jay, you went fishing today. I did. I went Brookshaw fishing. I could be quick about it. Uh, PG and I were waffling over the whole weekend. I was supposed to go Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning. Then got told... <laughs> I get treated like a mushroom in my life. <laughs> Left in the dark and fed shit. So I, I, I don't fucking know anything. Like, I tell the, the Girl Scout troop leader on Thursday, hey, I'm taking rye brook trout fish with me Saturday after it stops raining. <coughs> Sorry. Does she, she doesn't, doesn't say anything. That we have, she has a, a Girl Scout thing on Saturday. Doesn't tell me. No, no, doesn't tell me. So I'm making all these plans. Hey, Peach. You know, we'll take my daughter out. We'll go brook trout fishing, blah, blah. Nothing. So my wife, <coughs> she finally tells me she has a Girl Scout The lady thing. who knows the schedule, you mean? Yeah, and she didn't tell me either, and she fucked up too, not letting me know anything's happening. You know, I told her, you know, the whole week, oh, I'm going to take her. Yeah. Oh, she, she, she just let you make plans. Yeah, she had, oh, no, she has a Girl Scout thing, so then I had to tell PG we had to go sat Sunday, blah, blah, blah. So anyway. Was it for the best, you think? No, it was for the most horrible because I fucking had to fish in the cold fucking rain all day. It sucked, Chad. It was miserable. <laughs> it sucked. I hate it. I'm over the fucking cold. I'm over the fucking rain. Oh, yes. This shit fucking sucks. <clears throat> it, I, the only thing that was cool about it was hanging out with Peach and having a good time. That's always fun. And, and, and catching a, catch a creek jump. And catching a creek jump. <laughs> I, hooked a, I hooked a good bra a rookie, and I lost it. Uh, Peach saw it. He goes, "Oh my God, what did you do?" I said, "I fucked it up, man. What do you think? What do you what do you, what do you tell you? I have a barbless hook over here, and that fish came to the top of the water and <laughs> splashed his fucking head around because I pulled on him too hard. I was excited. So good, man. You can't you can't win them all. Yeah, it was the first one I looked at. We we walked all the way to the top. top. And, we walked all the way to the top and fished down. So when did you? Yeah. <laughs> but cool. Peach got one." Lost a few others. I lost one other. Weird conditions. Went from low and clear, fishing like some low and clear type of stuff to like, you know, it was raining all day. So it came up as we were there. 
and now you're getting, you know, leaves and everything moving down. Plus, there was a bunch of snow still there, so it was still all melting snow off, and did, it was a did tough day. Did that kind of shut them off when it started yeah. getting higher? PJ, actually, man, it was weird because we walked down. He walked down into a spot where usually we'll, we'll, we'll walk up and fish this hole up. One of the first, like, real long holes. You know, like, you can, like, fish it from really far down below and, like, really walk that thing up to the plunge. Like, and it's got, it's got, like, it's Is that the one that far. has a 90-degree bend right at the bottom of it where it's a shallow flat? It's, like, the first one. Like, not the big, not the first hole, like, right yeah. around that. You go up. Well, first, the first really good hole. No, no, below know. that. Below that. Like the where first the island is? Yeah. <clears throat> when you get up above it, okay. and then it cuts real hard to the right. Okay. So that long one, I'm like, Peach, fish it. And he gets down, like, between two little rocks and, like, just some, like, down little trees. And Spooks went out. And you could tell what it was. It was just, it was 100 miles an hour. Creek chubs don't move that fast. So it was just skating up, and he ended up fishing up through there. But he he moved. He got, he missed one out of there. So, you know, it's just a tough day. But it was fun. We had, we went out. It was fun. Saw some fish around, so. I had to get out of the house, it, you know, like like he's talking about, you know, earlier, just the cold getting to me, and God, I want to get out, and like, I don't ice fish like Jace does, so I'm not getting my fix right now, and I've been trying to buy my time at home, you know, with my family now, because I know when mm-hmm. spring turns on, and it gets real hot, and we really get to fishing, I might be out two days every weekend, you know, I'm just leaving my kid with my mom, I don't know, <laughs> it might be that way, so. I already got a sunburn, bro. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, just. You know, I'm trying to get through the winter, but it, this the, today was fun just to get out, even though it was shitty and rainy and my fucking sleeves got wet. And it's like Friday. I just went out for a couple hours, threw for skis, just to cast a line and get out there a little bit and do something. Yeah. Yeah, it's been crap. It won't be long, <laughs> boys. It won't no, be well, I mean, if, if you seek to get out, it's beautiful now. You got temperatures yeah. that are tolerable. You yeah. know, if it would be without rain, if it would have been without rain and wind, like, the second part of our day, you would have been. Oh, if today was no rain, it would have been so much more oh, tolerable was, and just more fun me, to be out. I and was out there in it, and it was cold. And if my aunt wasn't a lady, she'd be my uncle. Yeah. I'm excited now because now I can look at the beginning of the week and say, okay, these days look good to fish, and I can plan my schedule around that now. So I get to make my own schedule around fishing. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Be, whoa, it's whoa, be a nice whoa. little summer. Don't, yeah. get, don't get addicted. You'll be like me. Yep, yep, yep. People could uh, fish their life away and not even know it because the time will fly. So, guys, do we have anything else we want to hit on? No. No, sir. All right, man. Well, tonight's show brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. Narex Hooks. Find them at NarexHooks.com. Sims Fishing. Sims Fishing Products. Tonight's show has been recorded live from the Urban Fly Co. Studios. Check Mark out at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Yeti. Built for the wild. Queen City Guiding. Check, com. check out why not in the wrap of the dock. 